I would say the fact that a fucking Tex Avery cartoon from 1932 drawn by a guaranteed racist just because of the time and him putting putting him in a fucking hood and acting like he's street it, I think that's I think that's offensive am I wrong am I wrong someone as like a red bone they're probably light skin like compared to to okay. compared to black people so like gotcha okay. which the, the statement is like oh it's probably some native american in you. like that's part of how we get red bone like that's part of the idea um but it's not it's probably because would you call a native american person red no 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 so you probably shouldn't say red no, bone no. um but we do <laughs> we as in black people <laughs> 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 to clarify but I believe that's like the, the okay. premise right it is it's the harking to like you're probably light skinned and at that time it would have the idea of red bone like the idea is you were probably mixed with some Native American oh yeah interesting yeah no, that's that's good to know I had no idea yeah welcome to my world now if you're quoting the song no <laughs> <laughs> I mean you could yeah never mind. Yeah. That is the title of the uh, of one of the songs. You should be able to say that. But in general, don't don't call someone uh, that. unless you're Kermit. <laughs> you you put that Kermit voice on, you get away with anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the other side of the tracks. My name is Jamie Driscoll, and I'm Caleb Rainey. And this week, we learned to keep our filthy fingers out of our pie, and learned that no freaks want to sleep with Cracky. <laughs> <laughs> right, right after we had a conversation about things not to say. What, what did I say? <laughs> because this week we listened to Frank Ocean's Channel Orange and Florence and the Machines Lungs, and we've got some opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was I enjoyed the hell out of both of these albums. I really? Know, I don't know about you. Okay. So I'm excited to talk about There were this. moments where I was listening, re-listening to Channel Orange and going, I don't know if Jamie's going to like this. No. I, uh, <laughs> I, I did very much enjoy Lungs and I already loved Channel yes. Orange. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Dude, I had, I had such a, I had a feeling. I was like, I, I was like, if Caleb didn't like Lungs, that's going to be a major roadblock, roadblock for me. So I'm like, this shit is fucking Awesome. <laughs> and, and, oh, and to be clear, uh, so this week we kind of tried something a little bit different. I know I'd assigned him uh, Billy Joel, and then I called an audible and said I wanted him to check out Florence and the Machine because I wanted 
to also listen to an album that I'm not super familiar with. I did I don't I didn't want this to, to become give Caleb my favorite albums podcast. Yeah. Um. So I, I was tr- I was an effort to kind of get away from different types of music that yeah. that we've come across because my idea is to give you as many different types of albums as yeah. possible. So I think I did it with this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is different than anything. But, uh, I think I want to. I think I want to talk about. Channel Orange first. Channel Orange was my hope in the same way, right? It's I'm really? trying to give you different vibes of like what ha- what kind of music exists that us black people are listening to. That because we don't only ever listen to rap, right? And so yeah. I'm like trying to give you genre and, and shift and, and different moods. So yeah, ha- Channel Orange, you liked it? I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I want to want to go into some background for Mister. Oh please, Frank Ocean. Uh, Frank Ocean was born in 1987 in Long Beach, California. He was introduced to music through his mom, who would play jazz in the car, as well as Celine Dion, Anita Baker, and musical sh- soundtracks. I think I think the musical soundtracks shine through in two specific ways that I'm going to bring Ooh, up later. Okay. Um, <clears throat> as a young man, he would frequent uh, jazz bars and parlors, which encouraged him to create his own music. In 2005, he enrolled at the University of New Orleans. New Orleans? Nolens. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, sadly, Katrina destroyed his home and recording studio. Uh, he then went on to, he spent a brief amount of time at the University of Louisiana Lafayette before dropping out to pursue his music. Ocean would move to LA, working service and fast food jobs to support himself. Within three years, he had landed a songwriting deal and wrote for Justin Bieber, Beyonce, and John Legend. And at this point, <laughs> I don't think you've given me a single artist who hasn't touched John Legend at some point. He's like the Stan Lee of black music. He's we always, love him. He's <laughs> always going to pop up somewhere in the background. You're like, oh, did you see him? That's my favorite one. Like, he is... Oh, shit. I got to give you a John Legend. <laughs> I, you have to. I will. Oh, he just always pops up. It's so funny. Um, Ocean would join the hip-hop collective Odd Future and met Tyler, the creator, and Tricky Stewart, who helped him sign at Def Jam Records. Mm -hmm. At Def Jam Records, he felt neglected and began working on a mixtape without their input. He went on to release his mixtape, Nostalgia Ultra, for free Mm -hmm. online to massive critical acclaim. Yeah. The tape focused on personal relationships, reflection, and social commentary. The success landed him a writing job on Jay-Z and Kanye's album, Watch the Throne. Oh, I didn't know that. And once again, the Jay-Z and Kanye of it all. And I'm getting a bigger picture or a more realized bit about the moving pieces of the hip-hop world. And I've formulated an opinion that because so many so many people pop up over and over again and are, are giving uh, approval by appearing on these yeah. albums, I feel like hip-hop as a whole has an element of like soap opera or professional wrestling to it. <laughs> Explain. Explain. Where, where it's like, oh, did you hear about what so-and-so are beefing? Mm. Oh, what are they going to do on the next track? Yeah, oh, that is kind of... So there's this element of like <laughs> real human drama as the backdrop to all this music. So you've got these characters who are interacting... Well, for lack of a better term, to, to draw yeah. the analogy. You've got these people who are having drama and relationships as the background for what you're really here for, like professional wrestling. <laughs> I, I guess you're right because then you're all, you are going. Well, what are they going to say on this track? Is that track alluding to this? Mm-hmm. Right, is this a beef? Yes. Is this what's happening? Yes. Oh, is he calling this person out? That so, is, you're so right. Is it possible that that's an alluring aspect of the genre as a whole? Is that something that you're invested in? 
Ooh, okay. So personally, no. Okay. I don't have time. <laughs> but at the same time, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because there are some beefs that I have gotten and I've been like, oh shit, who's what's going next? Oh, <laughs> you dropped, you lost it. It's done. He can't respond. Right? Like, which does now sound like I'm watching a wrestling match. Yes! Where I'm like, he's out. That's a KO. He's done. Um, One, two, three. And then, and that is and that is still something that as a culture that we talk about. Like, oh, remember that beef? Oh yeah, and he lost that. So he's it's done. It, he got bodied. Right? Like, literally, he's done. So it's a cultural, like, touchstone. Yeah, for a lot it's of almost like, it's it's a sport, right? It's it is very much in the same way. Yeah, uh, because I would never expect to be like, oh, do you hear what the cranberry said about Pearl Jam? Oh, I, I <laughs> do. I will not do that. <laughs> it's it's just interesting. That's an aspect that's kind of formulated. It's because you have so many key players okay. that are like I I just coming for the throne. Yes, because I'm thinking about the fact is there are just so many white musicians. Yes, um, I was thinking about this as I was like. Jamie kind of has an easier job here because there's just so many more. And like, there are plenty of black artists, but they don't get the acclaim or the uh, notoriety simply because they're black, right? Because black music is not as consumed or wasn't, I should say. But it is really, really like there are these key players. And so you know to be watching them, right? It's like you're watching basketball and Michael Jordan's on the court. You know to be watching Michael Jordan, right? Like, you know, that's what you're going to be these are stars and, and you're just watching them um wait you mean michael jordan of space jam fame yeah yeah well now we're talking lebron james space jam fame um <laughs> all right i was i was going to avoid this but did you see the fucking clip that dropped today for the new space jam no i did not it is the first time i was like that is cultural appropriation i was like that is offensive and i don't understand on space that. jam what do you mean so <laughs> Here At some point, Don Cheadle and and whoever are on the basketball court, and Porky Pig raps oh. at him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Daffy Duck is like, oh, we're rapping. And he does this. He does this. I, I don't even want to do it. Is it the arm He thing? goes, oh, we're rapping now. We're rapping now. I was like, this shouldn't... And he's wearing a hood. <laughs> and I was like... And then he's like, that's out, folks, is how he ends it. And I'm... And it's so... Now, the question is, can you culturally appropriate when you're an animal? Also, <laughs> yes, <laughs> they did it. It's black, isn't it? Daffy, he's a fucking <laughs> So then can he culturally appropriate? <laughs> I don't, I would say the fact that a fucking Tex Avery cartoon from 1932 <laughs> drawn by a guaranteed racist just because of the time and him putting putting him in a fucking hood and acting like he's street, it, I think that's, I think that's offensive. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? <laughs> Channel Orange garnered universal acclaim and earned Ocean six Grammy nominations and was credited for moving R&B in a different and challenging direction. Though praised for the album's theme of unrequited love, it sent shockwaves to the industry when it revealed the love may have been for a man. Bum-bum. And had a similar cultural impact as when Bowie came out as bi in 1972 alongside Ziggy Stardust. Oh, I've heard of Bowie. David Bowie. Mr. Bowie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, so that uh, that was the controversy that was surrounding this album, and I'm not sure if I should have known that going in. Looking back, I, I think I'm, I may have been better served experiencing it as the audience did without that knowledge. Well, that's what's really tricky, is he announces that he's by a, a week or two before this album. Okay, so that's, yeah, that is yeah. very similar. Yeah, most people knew, slash, at least the conversation was being had. Okay. Uh, so we start with start. <laughs> yep. And I got hyped. 
because it, the PlayStation startup theme. I know you. I, I knew. Yes. I was like, dude's gonna know. Oh, this. I, and it's Street Fighter. He's playing Street Fighter. Oh, see that I didn't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. I was like, yo, is this gonna be about? <laughs> is this gonna be about video games? Because I am on board. And then I thought the, if I don't know how familiar you are with the PlayStation startup logo. I, you know, not that. Not really. No. It has an orange glow. Oh. It's, it's an all-white background with an orange uh, square. Oh, I didn't know so, that. So I wonder if, you know, and that's happening on the TV. Yeah. I was like, could this be his channel orange? I was like, is this, if you put a startup sound to a video game at the beginning of your album, I'm thinking this album is him playing a video game of some sort. He's yeah. perceiving it okay. that way. I'm not sure, if, I'm that, with you I'm not sure okay. if that pans out. Any feelings on that? I, 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 no, besides that, no. I just knew that you were going to catch that. And then we move on to thinking about you. I liked, we came in with the melancholy strings. Mm-hmm. The line, a tornado flew around my room. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the vine? The vine? No. So I didn't, there was a very popular vine <laughs> back when vine was popular. Right. You're where dating yourself little, here. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> where this kid was trying to sing this song, and he goes, a potato flew around my room. Like he was, but he's doing it earnestly. Yeah. He misheard the lyrics. And that, that sped <laughs> off into a million people like put it, tying a potato to a ceiling fan. I have seen like, that yeah. now. Yeah. So I was, I was like, oh, I, I, I kind of know what this is. And then, yeah, he's talking about some unrequited love he's got going on, mm-hmm. but he's trying to cover it up. I got a beach house to sell you in Idaho if you don't think I love you. Yeah, he's he's not trying to let it be known that he's caught feelings, mm-hmm. and he's trying to be strong or whatever. But but still, like, can't you see? Can't you feel this? You can see. You seem like that kind of energy. And then the line, "How could I forget how you feel? You were my first time. A yeah. new feel. Yep. And I'm thinking that's that might be the man. Yep. That might be the first time he's been with a man. Huge theory there. Oh, right. Like, like that's yeah. That's oh, that's you weird. peeped it. I peep things from now to now. Then. <laughs> I hate you saying peep. <laughs> And then I liked I liked the whole feeling of that synthetic ambient electronica, mm-hmm. which would kind of kind of sets the stage for the rest of the album. Oh yeah, I love this song. This is like you play this, even if someone doesn't know Frank Ocean, they probably mm-hmm. know this song. It's how I feel, and I think part of it is because it got jokes made after it uh, via the Vine and whatnot. But it, it's just a good song. I love this song on this album, and I, you know, young young Caleb, because this came out what twenty twelve. This young Caleb. Loved starting a verse with "No, I don't like you." I just thought you were cool enough to kick it. I was like, yeah. I would sing that to my heart because he's faking it, right? Like it's mm-hmm. like it's like a, no, I don't like you. Like it's I just thought you were cool enough to kick it. Trying to play it off the same thing with the, the Idaho line. I love being able to sing that because I was like, I've done that a lot in my mm-hmm. life. So that that verse landed for me a lot. I just love the song. It just sounds good. good. I like its vocals. Like it's it's a good song. I don't talk enough about his vocals on here, but I do. I do get to it. Yeah. Okay. Next, we got another. This 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 is kind of his skit work. These yes. these interstitials or whatever you want to call them. We hear more Street Fighter in the background. I believe he was playing as Ryu. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually. Oh, I was like, it's like I would trust you to know. <laughs> uh, it's it's this weird, like '70s style commercial, and the only line I could make out was, "I'll, I'll take the bullshit if that's all you got," and it's for fertilizer. Yeah. So fertilizer. I. I, I <laughs> so I was trying to think of draw any kind of connection there where you know what does fertilizer do you put it on somebody to make it grow you put it on something to, to get something out of it mm. so maybe if he's asking for bullshit and that's all you got well that'll be my fertilizer to grow grow up out of it right 
I think you're right. Maybe. I think it's a lot of people are giving him bullshit manure fertilizer. Great, right? And so I think he is just like, all right, fine, pile it on, I'll take it. Yep. Next we got Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone. Oh, we sounded great. <laughs> Holy shit! Are we gonna be a band? I after think this? we just became one. <laughs> Woo! That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> that made me feel good. So I had an interesting connection. So the first line that stuck out to me was, just ran out of tro- Trojans, horses galloped to her throne. Which immediately made me think of Prince's Little Red Corvette with the line, because you had a pocket full of horses, Trojan and some of them used. Mm. So are horses just shorthand for condoms? Across the board? Well, I mean, Trojan, horse, yeah. Right. I understand. I understand. <laughs> but but it's too it's I've too, never like used it slash heard anyone use it like, besides in, in musical. Music. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's and I think I, I think to me the idea is it is simply it lends itself to the wordplay. Yes. It brings in yeah. meaning to yeah. horse girl. Horse girl. Oh god. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie with, with Alison Brie? It is bananas. <laughs> Very strange. It was a Netflix original, and then it got sued for blatantly ripping off this other movie called Horse Girl. I, I forget. I forget what it was called, but it was just about this. That one was called Nay. Oh, <laughs> the Nays have it. It's the sequel. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. All right. So right, um, we got so, no so, Trojans. I just thought that was interesting. And then he says, "I gr- I grew up in Sierra Leone." And I looked into it. No, he didn't. Yeah, no, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> you mean people lie? I, I think this lends more to what I'm about to say is kind of making this a video game or him controlling an avatar. I think this might be some sort of fantasy of what it could be like if he had a straight wife where he would see himself, or, or, or at least what's expected of him, mm. or what pressure mm. he feels. I if he could fulfill that role... You know, he's, he's, he's talking about having a baby and being with a woman and laying her down for the, at the middle of the night, or <laughs> laying her down for the night, um, <laughs> and, and things like that. So I, I kind of thought this was maybe him playing out a fantasy of some sort, anything? Yeah, so for, for me, the, the idea is like, this is, and I think this happens throughout the album, is because the, the video game is the one I went with, because I didn't catch, like I got the PlayStation, but I didn't like get there. So I'm thinking channel, so I'm thinking TV, right? And fertilizer, you mm, called it a commercial, right? Mm. So to me, this is a show. Like, like this was, and, and I think a lot of this is different, like, scenarios of life, right? Things that sure. he could have yeah. done. What ifs or other paths that he could have taken. And so I do think you're on the right track there. That's a video game. That's an avatar. That's a different life that isn't actually his. Because he doesn't have a baby, right? Like, right. this didn't happen. I looked at two. Uh, right, yeah. To make sure. <laughs> so this isn't real in some sense, but at the same time, it's like, Maybe this song is inspired by the fact that he did have unprotected sex once and was like, what if I did have a baby? And then he just made the song about what if, right? Mm-hmm. Like that kind of thing. So that's kind of how I saw it. Let's see. Uh, I just wanted to clarify that no, he doesn't live in Denver. Um, <laughs> that's important. I think this is him playing. And I think he does that with other things in this album in which he's just kind of not being himself, but in the same way being himself. Oh, the duality. I didn't have a fucking thesis for for it until until right now. Whoa, okay. I you, well, I, I'm no, t- look I, at me taking credit for the word that <laughs> just came out of your fucking mouth. Appreciate you. Found, appropriation. You found the thesis that I think is correct. Because I was I was sad that I couldn't come up with it, but I think duality is yep. nail on the head. That's uh, So I think that's what this is. 
he had unprotected sex in the first verse. Second verse, he's got a baby, right? Mm. And that, I think the second verse is probably the more, you know, fictional part of it, right? The first part, having unprotected sex, probably did that, right? Like, that makes sense, and that's how he got to this. And I don't know if any, one of you have ever lived that life where you're like, wow, what if some things went way differently? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I, that was my thought, and he wrote a song. Yeah, and I also wrote that I like the little gr- guitar strumming at the end. Yeah, <laughs> you know I like that. Did I leave yeah. that up? You know I was here for that. Uh, next we got Sweet Life. I like this. Ooh, one. okay. Uh, I like the, the the you know I love that first line. The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's getting his you know knows what he's doing. I, I like the line keeping it surreal, not sugar free. My TV ain't HD. That's mm. too real. Yes. So I thought this might him. Being nostalgic or longing for simpler times. Mm. This does seem wistful in a way. It has that 70s funk feel with those bass lines. Mm-hmm. So I think it was definitely calling back to something that he had in the past. I love the big sound that came in right on You've Had a Landscaper Since You Were Born. Yeah. You know yes. Ooh. I, I love that. <laughs> and this is kind of the first time he's. I can't tell if he's addressing himself as privileged or like well off mm-hmm. or if he's like taking it to somebody or if he's like pointing that at somebody what do you what do you think on that so i from my understanding is he wasn't well off so okay. i think uh, the idea is there's some questions there about where he lived right if he grew up in la like was he around privileged kids do you see this even if you're not one of them right and so because we, we get to a part that right that very, we'll talk about yes. very clearly so i don't think he was a super rich kid as we'll get to i don't think that's how he grew up but i do think then eventually he is rich right so it's this interesting thing where i think he lived around people who were rich right so he's seeing it and he has empathy and understanding of that experience and then he gets it as an adult and that's a different experience and yet he's still interested in the the interplay of being rich right i think he's very much interested in the idea of what money does to a person right and so like sweet life uh, to me is all about also uh, ignoring the real life, right? Like the the line, the sunshine always keeps you warm, so why see the world when you've got the beach? Yeah, oh, that's the next line I had. Yeah. I want to talk, talk about talk that. About I wonder if that's, if he's addressing kind of the privileged and the lazy, where it's like, oh yeah, I think it's very sarcastic. Because why yeah. see the world when you got the beach? Fucking lots of reasons, because you don't have to just stay in the beach, you can go, you can go wherever you want. Yep. That's how I took it. Right, and I think he knows that, which is why he says it sarcastically mm-hmm. to someone who's probably said it to him genuinely, right? Uh, like he's so he's like, oh, it's, it's just a mockery, and and then you lose your siphon, and he's like, uh, but my TV ain't HD, that's too real, right? Like that, these people. That was my thought. I like the line "live and die in the sweet life," mm-hmm. kind of biting and cynical, which I appreciated, and I loved that scream before the final lyrics that he has, that prince-like scream. <laughs> Ooh, I was here for that big time. That's all I have. Hell yeah. I, I was like, got a little tickle of the keys yeah. uh, throughout the song. A little sip. Ooh. It's a vibe much like Living Rich. Right? Mm. Like the song, like I like the sound of the song. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love the groovy guitar at the end with like the bass walking in the back. Like it was, yeah. I also thought it was really interesting. What a song to follow the fictional Sierra Leone. Right? Uh, about fatherhood. And now we go from this song where we're pretty irresponsible to mm. like, a song that was talking about being responsible near the end, right? I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, Sierra Leone is, like, reality. What if I had a baby? It's not super raw, but it's it's there. And then we have Sweet Life, where it's just like, 
I'm rich. Why, you know, see the world when I got a beach? Like, and it's like this vibe of just like Spring Ocean writes these songs in a way that is critical of it, but also feels like you're in it. Absolutely. Right? Yes. So there's a duality. Like duality. <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a critical bend to almost everything. Oh, yes. He, he says. I agree 100%. Next, we got some more of this skit work with Not Just Money. Mm-hmm. We're driving in a car. <laughs> it seems to be, at first, I thought the radio was on. And then it seemed more like a phone call, and there's this woman who's talking about money and that being the difference between happiness and sadness. Mm-hmm. It's not just money, it's happiness. It's the difference between being happy or sad. And then she says, it meant nothing to you saving my $7. Did you? Yeah, so and I, I wasn't sure. That $7 felt like it was a lot to her, and somebody didn't take care of her the way that she wanted to be taken care of in that moment? I don't know. But what we do know, yeah, she's gonna have a hot link when she gets home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it is just kind of the general talk about money and its influence in happiness, and not which I think is throughout the whole album. I found a fun fact, which is just that. So this is uh, actually just one of Frank's friend's mom, uh, Rosie Watson, who is scolding him. They record it because it was just too damn funny, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, gave it to Frank to use for the album. And like, here, like, here's this. Apparently the people at Def Jam thought it was a serious paid actress. And it was not. It was just a funny message that his friend's mom had made. But later she does make a reappearance in his second album. Or in his next album, which is funny. And that is, obviously, she's paid and, like, a little more prompted. But I thought it was a performance. And it wasn't. And so that's why connecting it is interesting because it wasn't made for the album. Right? Like, that that monologue about money and happiness, like, isn't really it. Organic. It, It was organic. And I think that's also why we get some points where, like, what are you... $7? $7? What do you, what? Because it wasn't, from my understanding, it wasn't even addressed to Frank, right? Like it was addressed to Frank's friend. They were like, yo, listen to my mom, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, I put that in my album. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So then next, I made a mistake and I okay. listened to Forrest Gump next. We can come back you to that. You fool! We can come back to it. We can come back to it. To Forrest Gump? Yes. Because not just money leads to a very important song. Super Rich Kids. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> I, I when I got to the end of it, I checked and then I I went back. So I, yeah. I did. I've listened to the entire thing in proper order, mm-hmm. several times. But when I was taking my notes, I didn't. Right. Okay. Um, it's important that we're talking about money and happiness, and then we go to super rich kid. Which I want to start by saying I was expecting the ding 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 ding. ding. That's funny, but, it, but it's not the same. It's not that little ding 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 at the end. It's not the same. They may be super rich, but they have no jets. Mm. Well, he does have a jet. He's just not allowed to fly it. Isn't that a lie or something? Yeah. <laughs> I liked how he bookends. He goes, start my day up on the roof. Mm-hmm. And then at the end it says, end the day up on the roof. Which tells me this is a cyclical thing and they're falling asleep up there. Because yep. they are super rich kids. And they're just getting fucked up all the time. They're getting drunk. They're getting high. Oh, yeah. They're doing anything and everything in between. So it, it's... Mm, it, I hadn't caught that. That's a good point. Really? The cyclical part of okay. like the idea that ending and beginning each day that way. Yes. Yeah. And that kind of droning piano. Mm-hmm. That kind of, and the way he's describing all these things in this blasé, burnt out attitude. Mm. If once again, he's got a critical eye on this. And it's pretty oh, yeah. blatant in this. You know, too many bottles of wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of green. No lucky charms. Talking about the, a life of excess with no consequences. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to read the whole chorus. Can I read yes, the whole? Yes, I think it's important because it's iconic. Like, yeah. I, this is a chorus people know. Uh, too many bottles of that wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much. 
parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides and daddy's jack wire. Too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. That's harsh. Yes. <laughs> Do you think he's identifying himself as a fake friend? Ooh. Because he's he he, is, he does have this inside view. He's very much in this. And mm-hmm. I took it as he's saying he's a fake friend because he just wants to be around all this. Because he doesn't seem like he wants this. Because what he wants is real love. Yeah. And, and he states it big time. Not... So what I had written down is he wants real love, not this hollow existence. Yes. He sees this as as hollow, and mm. this isn't what he wants. This isn't going to satiate what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. I liked the line, close your eyes to what you can't imagine. Talking about the difference between like rich kids and his life. Close your eyes to what you can't imagine. Yep. Because there's nothing that they can't imagine. Anything they can mm-hmm. imagine, they can have. So he's saying, you know... Asking for them to like limit themselves somehow because yeah. all he sees is them getting everything they want, and he's kind of asking them to be in his shoes for a little bit. Like yeah. there are things you can't imagine. Which I, to me, I think the thing they can't imagine is real love. Ooh, right? Like they're searching for it, but like they can't. They can't even imagine it. But they can see everything else that they can do. Mm. Like one of the saddest things is even the uh, even the the, <laughs> the people don't care about them. The maids. The Work the hired help. I yeah. can't like they don't even care. There's a line somewhere now. Yeah. I lost it. I, th- I, th- I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I also, I also thought it was funny that he said something about selling crappy grams to rich kids, <laughs> which is something I've heard about. Like mm-hmm. people, oh, the oregano. Yeah, <laughs> dealers <laughs> will, will, will like jack up the price for, for people and that and give them shitty weed for people that they don't like. They gotta live somehow. And then he had um, Frank Ocean had a little Maria moment where he was up on a building. And he was thinking of jumping. Yes. That connection. Oh, well then, get ready for a little bit later, buddy. Uh, but it did seem a little bit of a suicidal fantasy where he's saying, walking along the roof, I'm thinking of jumping, mm-hmm. close my eyes and feel the crash. There, There is something dark going on with him in oh, this. absolutely, right? One of the lines is talking about, do they sew wings on tailored suits? Because he's talking mm-hmm. about jumping. To me, I think he does fall. He does die. Right, because the market's down like sixty stories, and some don't in the way they should. First of all, the wordplay there, the the double entendre esque mm-hmm. work that's happening there, really cool. I think I think he does. Like I think you you mentioned the cyclical nature in this song. The only answer out of the cyclical nature is either the search for real love or falling off of a building. Yeah, like it's to jump off of that roof, which could actually be a metaphor for something else, right? Like to yeah. get out of that yeah, high yeah. place to get. So anyway, like a Groundhog Day scenario where it keeps on going over and over and you've got to yeah. do something yep. drastic to break out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that song a lot. Next, we got Pilot Jones. I like the opening lines over the airplane loudspeaker. I thought that was mm, nice. Mm-hmm. I like the airplanes flying overhead. And it's very clearly about dating this woman who's a drug dealer and he knows he shouldn't be with her at all. I haven't been touched in a while. (laughs) You're the stoner and the dealer. Mm -hmm. So I thought this was interesting. She's clearly, you know, like I said, she's clearly a dealer. And he's with this woman that's not good for him. So she's addicted in herself, much Mm -hmm. like whatever she's supplying. He's addicted to her in this way. And I thought this was an interesting line too. He thought I was above you, above this in so many ways. Clearly he's not. Yep. Clearly, he's being reflective enough to, to look at the situation and be like, whatever she perceives me as is incorrect, because here I am, at the same level as Oh, you. yeah. 
and for better or for worse. And the, the sounds overall, I was into this might this might be an Oxcord for me. Really, Pilot Jones, Pilot oh, it, Jones. It does kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think this song does like a really really cool thing, in which it is both clear and unclear. Right, it has two conversations after duality. Oh my god, it's coming <laughs> because because we've got Pilot Jones. She is a dealer and a stoner, right? But that could mean literally like she is a dealer and a stoner. Or, like you said, this love is addictive, right? And they're both dealers and stoners in this relationship, right? This idea of, like, she deals out love Uh that he's also addicted to, but she's also addicted to love, which is why she keeps coming to him, right? But we've also got, like, the fun phrasing of Pilot Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, the pilot gets you high, right? Oh, my God! Jones, you're jonesing for something, (gasps) right? And so, like, there's, and we've also got Love Jones. But, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, there's this, like, interesting constant duality in this song in which it is both addiction in either form right like it fits for either uh there's an interesting progression narrative wise we've got verse one they live together uh you're always smoking in the house what if my mother comes over or whatever right (laughs) then we've got verse two where you're stumbling across my lawn right so you're all of a sudden we are apart there's this distance that happens but then we got that line that you pointed out you thought i was above you above this in so many ways but if i got a condo on a cloud then i guess you can stay at my place which is both, if I got really high, you could come with me. Or also, if we're in this high place of love, you could also be... like. So it's like this really cool... I can't believe I missed so much. But I, I think it's because it's abstract enough. Like, this is, I would say, closest to like one of those poems where like someone's like, did you see this? And you're like, how was I gonna know? Right? Like, like, the, like David Bowie's poem about a cactus. Well, um, <laughs> I don't wanna... That was, that was my favorite poem uh, ever. Uh, but no, no it's, so, like, it's, it's got a lot of layers that can happen, but also I could be wrong. And that's kind of what, that's very poetic in that sense. It's an interpretation, right? but I think, I think you were dead on. I think it's a fun one. Um, cause I was like, is he addicted and is he doing drugs or is he just addicted to her? Is she even doing drugs or is she just addicted? Cause if he's describing his love for her as addictive, maybe hers is just the same. And she's just stumbling across the lawn cause she's like crying in his lawn. Like, come back. I want to be with you. Right? Like it's all possible. So that was a fun song and possible ox chord choice. I think so, yeah. Okay. Next we got Crack Rock. <laughs> How you feel about Crack Rock? I, it was, I I think we... <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, I love Crack Rock. Oh, I love Crack Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? You know? Once again, it's, it's that duality that's going to keep coming back because it's this like upbeat song that's about really dark shit. Yep. I, I like the somber piano coming in. And I like the big drum coming in, that 70s funk style. Mm-hmm. And the line, you don't know how, how little you matter until you're all alone. Oh, yep. Hits, hits. I, I love the line, hitting stones in glass homes. Of course, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yep. But they're hitting stones in glass homes. Yep. Beautiful. I, lo- I love that. That's a mm-hmm. fucking, that's what I'm here for. I love <laughs> shit like that. It's so fun. Crack rock, crack rock. The way he says, like, it's just so catchy. It is, but it's saying crack rock. I don't know how to feel about it. I'm singing along. Crack rock, crack rock. I thought it was interesting (laughs) that he said the specific words, shucking and jiving to get your fix or whatever. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I think that tells the listener how he feels about people who are doing that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a commentary on please don't be doing this stereotypical bullshit like when we're trying to be better, pull, pull ourselves out of this. Like, oh, yeah. don't, don't don't go back to shucking and jiving, for Christ's sake. Mm. That, that's what I got. For crack rock. For crack rock, crack rock. <laughs> did, did that stick out to you at all? Because I thought that was definitely, yes, definitely I, a I, very specific choice of words. 
Yes. Yeah. And I think it's because it also goes into what later happens in the song here, right? We take a turn. The bridge adds a layer to this this to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Just crooked cop, oh. dead cop. Yeah. How much dope can you push to me? Crooked cop, dead cop. No good for the community. Fucking pig get shot. 300 men will search for me. My brother get popped and don't no one hear the sound. Yes. Okay. I want to get into that, but yeah. we can't blow past Freaks Ain't Trying to Sleep with Crack. I've never never heard somebody who's addicted to crack be referred to as cracky. Oh. Have you? Yeah. Oh. That's new. I didn't. Oh, this is new for you. This is new vocabulary for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't invite invite Rebecca. She's a cracky. Well, you would say crackhead probably. Crackhead. That's always. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's just, you know. You know what? I should change that sentence. It should be, let's go help Rebecca. She's addicted to crack. Instead of don't invite Becky. Right, She's that would crack. be more, you know, aggressive and helpful of you of the system. But instead, you know, was mean. don't bring Cracky over. Yeah, I just realized that was really mean of me. <laughs> it's like, like, you knew someone doing Cracky, like, just don't invite Yeah, him. I'm just like, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, that was upsetting. But yeah, so it does take that really harsh turn, and I thought he might have had a brother who was... Oh, like an actual brother. But he did have, like, a brother who died in another set of circumstances. I did not know that. In 2018 that I forget. But it's not being shot by Mm. a cop. In 2018, that would be after this. Yes, yes. That's what I'm saying. I like this one a lot, too. It was just unexpected. Mm. Like, I never knew what was coming next. It it, it had a different sound from beginning to end, as well as, like, flipping that subject matter into into being a lot more pointed at how crack has been distributed through police and all this horrible shit. So yeah, I like. I like when that. I think, and I think this is just indicative of, of who Frank Ocean is, where we don't really know where to put him, where to mm. place it. Like I all of it, you said it was unexpected. I think most of everything he's doing is kind of unexpected. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and so I and and there's kind of an there's an art to being able to do that. Absolutely, um, 100%, so 100%. Respect to that. I I would say this is we're talking duality again, right? So we're talking first part. We're depicting the reality of being a crackhead, right? Like or cracky. <laughs> Uh, but the last part of the song, like, adds this depth in this cultural commentary about, like, mm. the cops and what is their role there and why does this reality exist, right? Which is that they push crack, right? Shout out to Lil Wayne for talking about it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Pyramids. Woo! I liked Pyramids a lot. Yeah? This was the opus. This was the fucking... Yeah! This was, this was the one. This was the song of the album, I think. And it rolls right in from Crack Rock. Mm-hmm. It rolled, like, there's just, no whoop. pause. Uh, that distorted choir with that ambient sound yep. and these backwards beats that are kind of being sprinkled mm-hmm. in. And I wrote Cleopatra Kidnapped and I liked the, there was a, just a dope synth stinger. Like a, a yep. hard... Oh. It reminded me of Tron. Have you ever seen Tron? Mm. I know, he's seen Tron. <laughs> oh, Tron is awesome for that movie. Uh, Which one? So it's it's a movie where somebody... No, it gets, got remade, right? It was, it was a sequel. It was a sequel? Yeah, bro. God, so, 19, 1981's Tron. Oh, I love... I anybody who doesn't like Tron Legacy, fucking come at me. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Okay. Death Space Jam can go fucking... Right, yeah. No, uh, Tron! Yeah, space... <laughs> Getting uh, uh, chopped up into right. little pieces and put into a video game. On every level. <laughs> Tron is superior to Space Jam. I had a physical... Is Tron mostly a white cast, or...? It's mostly oh, a computer oh. cast. Uh, what do you? Hey, man, you stop. There, there are some black folks in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> in the sequel. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Just check it. Well, it was... Right, no, you, yeah, you live with what you said, superior. Shit! 
physical response to pyramids. I was mm-hmm. bopping along. I liked the is the line I found you laying down. With, so I, I, I was trying to follow the story. I don't think mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I think that this came across as very dreamlike to me. Mm-hmm. So when I when I kind of I listened to this one probably the most because I was trying to decode it. Yeah. And when I put the filter in my brain of if this is a dream, everything makes sense. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that because, I hear you because things are disjointed. Things don't always align and they don't have to but sometimes there is a weird yeah through line that you can draw do you are you are you a dreamer do you are you a vivid dreamer no i'm an extremely vivid dreamer and i can i, I can always in the morning when i wake up i can think of what was like a through line so cleopatra seems to be the through line and she's changing around shifting backdrops and venues yeah. okay so at one point she's kidnapped and then he said i found you laying down with samson and then it seems like she left on her own accord, like she's left and is with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And then I wondered if Cleopatra is filling the role of a woman that he worshipped. Then that changes. <laughs> yep. Yep, um, yep. Because somebody has killed Cleopatra, but then he said she's working. And there's that, that, that I love a shift. You I love, love the that shift. shift. Working at the pyramid tonight. Mm. And I was like, okay, is that the Luxor in in, in, in Vegas? You're right. Oh, fuck yeah. And I, was like, I said, Cleopatra's got to be a stripper or a dancer of some sort. And then all of a sudden, Ocean is putting himself in the role of her pimp, I think, when he says, hit the strip that keep my bills paid. I caught myself having a thought that I shouldn't have. Ooh. Where I was like, he's not a pimp. Like, why is he trying to act like he's a pimp? Like, well, it seems false. But then I thought about fucking Bon Jovi. Where he's, where he's talking about how he's wanted dead or alive, and he's a cowboy. And, <laughs> yep. and I'm not like, you're not you're not a cowboy. Wait, 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 wait. He doesn't ride on a steel horse. horse. Well, no, I don't think he does. He might have ridden on a motorcycle, but but this he's <laughs> got a Mustang. Yeah, he can go to, he can go to hell. Bon Jovi, you're not welcome on the <laughs> They don't speak for me. I don't know you. <laughs> no, but I, I just had a moment of like, I rejected something in this type of music that I don't reject. Right, you know, the, the exten- extension into a different reality or a different character. Yeah. You were like, no, you have to be who yeah. you are. So How, that's something however, about... in Crack Rock, he was Crack, Rock, Crack, sure. Crack. Had no questions. Yeah. No, no, no questions, questions about Cracky. Freaks don't want to get with Cracky. Yeah. So I just needed to that's an, yeah, allow name myself that. that. Yeah, name that, okay. Because then he goes on to say, but your love ain't free no more. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. No, I wrote... <laughs> So the next thing I wrote was, Whip ain't got no gas tank. And my handwriting is terrible. So I wrote, I, I, I thought, I wrote pretzel. <laughs> I'm looking down, I was like, I was like, what the fuck's wrong with pretzel? Me? No. The next line is, Whip ain't got no gas tank, still got wood grain. Once again, we got cars. Yeah. Cars of status. Cars of status, and baby. I love, I love the electronica, the synth mm-hmm. soundscape. I love this song. It was like nine minutes long. It is nine minutes and 53 seconds. It is a 10 minute song. Didn't feel like it. That's powerful. Did not feel like that, it. Well, it the segue is great. The build to it, it, it. You get a shift and you're like, all right, and I'm going to do a new song, even though it's the same song. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You hit all the things that I was thinking about. The key thing here is like Cleopatra is a black woman. Right, so like that's kind of a key, and I think that's why she becomes yeah she's Egyptian, but she's black, right? I've learned that recently. Oh, um, <laughs> but that I think that it's only half a joke. It's plays, problematic. Ah, my God, Jamie, uh, I'm admitting it. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking like college, right? Because all I mean, we could talk about this a little bit because all the shit. All, every time I saw Cleopatra in like movies and whatnot that were that were 
Just, yeah, I know. It was it was somebody white portraying you. Yep. So there you go. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, I, I don't think royal you. I don't think you should be mad at me. I think you should be mad at, or we both should be mad at why I had that thought. Oh yeah, I've been mad about that. Yeah, well, I'm just learning to be right. mad about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopping on. But I think that's a key thing when you talk about this dreamlike state. So what it is, is this is that pigeonholer, like that moment of this black woman, right? Because Cleopatra shifts and there's a clear one where Cleopatra could be anyone in which it's the... After our segue into she's working at the pyramid, mm-hmm. right? He wakes up next to a girl and he says, call her Cleopatra, right? Like he even yes. states it as yes. a, as a, this, look, that, that girl, let's call her Cleopatra, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this placeholder for like the name of this black woman. And so, yeah, I think the first narration is not supposed to really be listening like super closely because it is just a floating in and out of these moments, right? I found myself more upset when I was trying to sit down and figure out the narration and like pinpoint what's going on as much as when I just flowed through it. I was like, ah, yeah, and Cleopatra, and I found you sleeping with some, and that like, and you just move to the next idea to the next idea. She is definitely a prostitute in the second part and he's pimping. And uh, what's kind of interesting to think about, right? is Cleopatra, we start with this royalty, and as you say, like, this, ah. this, this admiration. And all of the references of Cleopatra, she is not anywhere in America. Correct. She is just Cleopatra, and we have references to Samus, Samus, Sam- Samson, whatever. Samus? Samus. It's like Samus. No, Samson and, <laughs> and whatnot. Video games earlier, right? <laughs> but then we're working at the pyramid, and we shift to, we're pimping at Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something interesting about that fall. Right? Of like, we have Cleopatra. You are this thing Absolutely. that I admire. All of a sudden, now yeah. I'm pimping you in Las Vegas. Right? Or, or, or at the pyramid. Right? Yeah, like I didn't catch that. And so there's something interesting there. That's what I got with that. Uh, Cleopatra is the placeholder there. The guitar solo at the Ooh, end. Yeah. By John Mayer. Okay. <laughs> and he is we'll later. Get, we'll get, yeah, okay. We'll get yeah. to that. Yeah. If you can write a 10 minute song that I'm interested in the entire time, like, I, I, that's fucking hell. That's a, that's a great, that's a great song. It's something just so layered and unique and cool. I just, I, is this your favorite? I, I, maybe, I think so. I okay. think it's gotta be. I think it's, it's a common favorite. Okay. Yeah. Damn it. I try to not do this. Is, is it because of John Mayer? No. <laughs> That's why he likes There's it. another one I could choose if I wanted to make true, it true, John true. Mayer choice. All right. So, which, okay, we're, no, we're going to get to it. Next we have Lost. I couldn't get too much out of this one if I'm, if I'm being real. Okay. Uh, Starts with the line, big breasts on my baby. We're lost. That was lost, yeah. yeah. Triple yeah. weight, couldn't weigh the love I've got for the girl. And, a, and a, a rare line of the albums you've given me is, I don't wish the titties would show. <laughs> Usually, they're in favor of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. the whole. Yeah. Most people are in general. Yeah, really. I, I'm always thankful. Free the nipple. Yeah! <laughs> Free the nipple! <laughs> Cow. Indignant, you got it. <laughs> yeah! Come on! Come on! Just let them out. <laughs> they've been, they've, they need the sun. Mm-hmm. Vitamin D. Lost in the thrill of it all. This is one that, I don't know, did this one stick out to you? This no, just, so this is not my okay. favorite by far. I had to like sit with the lyrics to kind of like feel out what was going on and like, they're drug dealers, right? And so like the premise is, is like, there's a lot of money and they really love it, but like she doesn't want to keep doing it and eventually she will move on. I think this is just flipping through the channels and this is a show you saw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, so I didn't draw much out of the content, but I liked how it sounded a lot. Oh, yeah, right. And that, that, that driving, 
I'm not sure if it's bass or drums. Let's talk about any movie you've watched in which they're drug dealers mm. living the high life. You watch it because it's entertaining. Like, yeah. it's good. It's good. Like, that's it. It's not because you're going to get deep meaning out of it, usually, from these movies. It's just a high risk or a high... Right? It's a, safe, it's a fun, it feels good, enjoyable thing. And so I think that's kind of what he did with this. Yeah. It was, a, it was a fun song to listen to. The closer he didn't reveal much in this one. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Uh, next, we have White. Mm-hmm. So John Mayer is on the one song called White. <laughs> and it's just John Mayer. It's just him playing. Uh-huh. And the song's called White. Uh-huh. I want to know. It seems like John Mayer has this weird in with the black community. <laughs> Give me John Mayer. We'll see if he goes to the good guy. And I don't know how or why the narrative shifted on John Mayer. Because here's my experience with John Mayer. Oh, you know him? Personally? No. Now, he came out when I was in like seventh grade, eighth grade, something in there with that, like, I want to run through the house and I ask you, I want to scream at the top of my lungs. You know that song? Sure. I immediately identified him as somebody that I thought wasn't making cool music. Right. Yeah. I was like, that's not what I want to listen to. And then all of a sudden, I and every song he came out with since, I was like, that's not the type of music I think is cool. And somewhere around like 2000, I'm going to say seven or eight, Everyone's like, oh no, John Mayer's very good. You should listen to him. He's a very skilled guitarist. I'm like, the dude who sang Daughters? What's <laughs> happening? Why does everybody like this guy? And he was on like Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. show and stuff. Do either of you have any insight onto why and how John Mayer is weirdly accepted as just, a really good artist? I just like him. So I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. He's just good. I'm sorry, he's good. You're mad? <laughs> I have no bro. It's, it, it, it's, I just think he's good. He's okay. Good. He's good at what he does. Have you heard? I do. I have. Okay. I, I, okay. There has been a time, which is why you can't give me John Mayer. I have put on John Mayer's discography See, and there, just listened to it. Well, that's what I was saying. It seems like... And you can't be well, okay. alone in the black community no. liking John Mayer. Well, let me tell you about what, how, what I... I didn't write much about the song. You need to get mad at me. But I'm just saying! <laughs> <laughs> Don't depict me as an angry black man just because I'm trying to tell you. To me, I wrote... this. Is, this is a classic old school R&B. Let's sway with each other in the kitchen with some smooth loving. <laughs> that is what I So the fact is, if you could do that, you're in, man. Like, that's it. Like, that's it. Like, we okay. just respect. You get okay. it. You got a vibe that we, we're here with. Makes sense. <laughs> so, so, uh, that's all I have on my... Yeah, and that's then, all we need. And then next is Forrest Gump. No, no Forrest Gump is, is after Pink Matter. Oh, Forrest wow. Gump okay, is we got, we, got, we got some ways to go. Monks is next. Correct. Yep. I love the synth intro yeah. and that big drum fill. I screamed. I knew you would. I, I screamed when that drum fill came on. Again, I liked this song, but I couldn't sink my teeth into it. Yep. It's about a girl, I think, that he saw or met at a concert. It was on her own tour as a performer, perhaps. The monk in the mosh pit of it all. He moshes to pray or he moshes to get Nirvana or something, as he says. So... I should have, I should have gotten the duality here because I said high contrast at odds with ideology. Yep. Neither here nor there. I didn't put a fine point on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, imagining a monk in a mosh pit is is something something's out of place. Yeah. And they're doing it for some reason other than who they are. Like being a monk, you wouldn't find yourself in a mosh pit. But here we are. I'm loving this conversation. Uh, we don't have to stay on this song for too long. Oh, uh, because because what 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 we're talking about right here? You said like there is a monk in a mosh pit. There's this religious thing that's happening ah. here, right? 
Um, and I would say, so like, the premise is, right, he's banging a, a groupie, right? Him and a groupie are getting together. And I, my guess is that both of them find Nirvana in that space, since that was the, the phrase, right? And so both of them are chasing this space and this scene, right? The scene mm-hmm. provides something. Then we shift to... Well, not quite yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you have more on my... D- oh, I also, do. I just want to say really quick, there's an outro alien sound that made me think of David Bowie. Well, yes, we got <laughs> aliens! It wasn't me this time! But he takes care of that himself. Frank Ocean. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, around this time, around the, this area, I realized Frank Ocean might be the Counting Crows of R&B. No! Oh, yes. Tell me more. And it, it, and it hit on the line... We're lost in a jungle underneath these clouds. There's a monsoon that never ends. A coke white tiger woke us up from our slumber to guide and protect us till the end. Now listen how it sounds when Adam Duritz sings it. <laughs> We're lost in a jungle underneath these clouds. There's a monsoon that never ends. You're right. A coke white tiger woke us from our slumber <laughs> to guide and Protect us till the end. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but then, but I mean, so it is funny, but it, it wow. It, wow. It, it is funny, but I consider that like, well, it's poetic and thoughtful in the same way is really what I'm trying to say. Yes. The lines right. hit in a similar fashion of imagery and toying with your emotions a little right. bit, pulling your heartstrings. Because I would say bad religion is the rating in Baltimore. <laughs> of this album. <laughs> Interesting. Say more. So we've got this organ music mm-hmm. and it's rainy. Take him to church. <laughs> and the taxi driver be my shrink for the hour. Mm. And he had, this is where the musical soundtrack really comes in because we've got this organ music and it goes, which is, of course, very Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And the vocals. Brings me to my knees when he's, when, he's, when, he, when he hits that line. Bring me to my knees. His vocals, uh, yep, out of control. When the taxi driver says "Allah Akbar" and he responds, "Don't curse me." Yeah, I was like, okay, <laughs> right. So, so problematic. T- a touch, right? You can take it the problematic way, or mm-hmm. you can take it the way of he's recognizing that as he knows what he's saying is praise God, and he's taking that as a curse. Or you can take it the other way where he, yeah. he doesn't understand and he's saying, don't put a curse on me. Which I, I don't think is, is the case. Well, and I think I think there's something to be said there. We don't know. I don't know Frank Ocean's relationship to God, right? If someone says, praise God, to someone who is bi, right? Oh, oh. That could feel like a curse in that way, right? Uh, okay. uh, because cause in this, this song is specifically about a man. Oh, yes. Right. And so, like, so there's an interesting thing, right, where he's coming in and he's got this therapy session. He's talking to this cab driver about a loving man that doesn't love him or whatever. And, and his answer is God. And for many people who are who are queer, that is not necessarily yeah. a great comforting tool. Um, so there's something there where he's like, well, don't. Like, if I'm saying, hey, I'm having this problem with this man, right? I, I love this other man. And you go, well, God is great. That could go wrong. So that's one way. There's also another way in which it is just like any religion he's kind of like, because part of it is he's got this religion, which is loving this man, right? And so now he's trying to be done with all religion, any religion, right? Don't curse me. I don't want any more of what I've got here. I'm already committed to this really bad religion. And then there is the problematic way of looking at it, 
which I just I just don't I'm not buying. I, I, I don't, don't buy it. It. Uh, it, it, it. It wouldn't track. Right. It wouldn't track for yeah. who we know Frank Ocean to be even in this album. Exactly. Specifically. I had the line I can never make him love me, love me, love me. Yeah. He said people were surprised he was gay, but he came out before. Right. And that, and well, and the story is he played this for for some of his people, and they're really? like, "Buddy, like you're like you're coming out," and he's like right and like then decided like to make a statement about it because he was playing his album going like hey my album's just about finished like how do you check it out and that's kind of how that went and he's like I, i'm gonna have to own it this song is clear which is scary make him love me right it is very clear uh and then there are songs that don't have gender necessarily noted and you're like oh. and i mean i and yeah. I, you know we both know it's tough to be honest as an artist right and i imagine it would be even more this came out in 2012 yeah so i mean still a pretty good time to come out like, in, in terms of all of human history. Right. True, true, true. Still a pretty good time. But I've heard from you and other sources that as a black man, it can be extra difficult. This no matter, is even, wild. Even in 2012. This is part of the reason I gave you Frank Ocean, right? It's because there are, uh, at this time, very, very few openly gay, bisexual, um, queer men in the music industry, specifically in this R&B rap realm that exists right because we end up having rappers on these songs later right so it is monumental in that way okay because it's also accepted it's a good album right Right. like undeniably yeah and then he has the line i thought was interesting when he says i've got three lives hanging over my head like steak knives i thought that was evidence of my video game Ooh, Um, i like that but then i was like no he's living three separate lives that's what's happening Mm -hmm. so i imagined all these people that we've heard so far in this album are representative of three different types of people he is, different personas, different yeah, and, and ways he, he sees himself living a life. Like he could keep being live this life over here, over here, over there. Oh yeah, uh, which I thought was a really great way of putting it. I've got three lives hanging over my head like steak knives. Um, I love the drums coming in at the end. The song is just it's somber, it's but the vocals make you, just, you, you yeah, yes. that is the sound yes. for these vocals. Yes. Yeah, you, we hit all the things that I was I was saying. I just love the getting a taxi and go, just outrun the demons, could you? Oh, that's a line. Like, that's just, he's like, take whatever road you want, do whatever you want, just outrun the demons, could you? And there's just this, it's, like... It comes yeah. from a place of exhaustion. Yeah. Like, you just... Yeah, Anything. he's collapsing. I'll pay for it. Yeah, he's <laughs> collapsing in this taxi. Yes. Pink Matter next. So, I wrote, holy shit, the entire first verse. Bowie-esque. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I gotta read yeah, it. Yeah, please do. What do you think my brain is made for? Is it just a container for the mind? This great gray matter. Sensei replied, what is your woman? Is she just a container for the child? That soft pink matter, cotton candy, Majin Buu. Oh, oh, oh. Just fucking awesome. What? Majin yeah. Buu? Yeah, no, you're right. Go ahead. Oh, I, we can talk about Majin Buu. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I knew your ears were gonna... Am I saying it right? Yeah, no, that's right. David Bowie-esque is the first verse. Is what yes. You were saying. Absolutely. Heard. Sorry, I was we got the very excited yeah. when he mentioned aliens watching us live on TV. Wait, what line is that? Oh, I got it. What if the sky and the stars are for show and aliens are watching live from the purple matter? Fucking. Oh my God. Fucking Bowie coming through again. You're right. It's life on Mars. Wild. And that's so funny because I did not like that song that much. <laughs> but it's in all these other songs that I do like. Uh, I liked the sensei character. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. The vocals on pleasure. Pleasure. And here, here <laughs> we go. And then I wrote Andre. Yeah, we love Andre. And then here it is, folks. I like the rapping. <laughs> Andre's such a good rapper. He is. He is. I, I, I wrote sax and guitar. Let's go. Mm-hmm. That deep, crunchy sound. 
And frankly, when that ocean's so motherfucking good. <laughs> you said that well. That was good. That was good. Uh, I love that line. I thought that was clever as hell. And then make her walk the motherfucking plank. When you walk the plank, what are you gonna fall into? Mm. The ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I like I liked Pink Matter a lot. I thought it was a really good song. I have so many things to say Please. about uh, Pink Matter. Right, so I loved all the things that you loved. You named a lot of them. Oh, the strings in the background uh, mm. with the crescendo between verse one and two. I was like, oh, okay. Andre's verse is one that I want to spend time on. Uh-huh. First thing to note is that Andre does not think that big-legged women ain't got no soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, we're to, if you want to understand that, uh, he goes, he's talking about being the lady, blah, blah, blah. She had the kind of body that would probably intimidate any of them mm-hmm. uh, that were unsouthern. Not me, cousin. If models were made for modeling, <laughs> big girls are made for cuddling. Switch worlds and then we can huddle then. Who needs another friend? I need to hold your hand. You need no other man. We'd flee to other lands. He loves, he loves big ladies. So there's that. Love it. I would argue the most soulful women have big legs. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. Um, I love this this work he did here. Uh, it's Joe Far, far too close. And I remember my memories, no sharp butter knife. What a life anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm building y- y'all a clock. Stop. What am I, Hemingway? Oh. Just, well, it just He's a good rapper. He's just a fucking good rapper. That's why I like the rapping. I hate you. Um, there's something that I, I looked this up because I was interested. I was like, oh, like, how did Andre end up on this? This song almost featured Big Boy grabbing a verse. But after discussion, Big Boy and Andre decided that they couldn't do an outcast reunion on someone else's song. <laughs> so that's what happened. But we almost had Big Boy on here, too. I just think that's really funny. Like, Andre and Big Boy were going to be on a Frank Ocean. Like, that's so I random to me. I didn't know they were, like broken up I, I thought they just like weren't making music anymore. exactly so then a re- well like right friends isn't broken up with the tv show they just Those ended shows. right okay. and then like you would make a reunion okay same concept right? it's not a coming together in the same sense as you like, didn't have to choose a white show i thought you might know it <laughs> um, oh i love the outro with andre um you're good at being bad mm-hmm. <laughs> but then uh you're bad at being good for heaven's sake go to hell Love it. I just love it. I just he's he's a funny guy. He's simply sent her to a bank with a rusty gun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, now we have Forrest Gump. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Running on my mind, boy. Forrest Gump. So at this point, I'm I'm thinking, okay, you know, run Forrest Run, very popular quote. Yeah. It's a fun thing to shout when you see somebody running, yeah. and it makes them feel self-conscious, and you feel good. <laughs> and I just wrote, all caps, UNEXPECTED. I go, <laughs> does he have a crush on a football player? Number 44? Is this actually about Forrest Gump? <laughs> Forrest Gump was number 44 in the movie. I looked it up. Yeah. And so what I have to ask you is, <laughs> is because this is a very unexpected cultural touchstone, is Forrest Gump a beloved movie in the black community? I would say no. I would have thought no. <laughs> First of all, he rewrites history. I have, I'm going to be honest. Yes, I'm yes, gonna be straight yes. With you. I haven't seen Forrest Gump in many, 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 many years. Yeah, okay. Because uh, it's not a staple in my life slash culture. Um, <laughs> I would say. So, to me, it's also fucking strange. Okay, um, good. Uh, to, to my, to, to, uh, I think he's being Jimmy. Right? Like, I think he, he is. is. Like, I think he is just talking about Forrest Gump. And I don't understand... Why? Because Forrest Gump is so white to me. Thank it you. Is so white. I okay. I'm so glad you're saying this. 
So I wrote in all caps. I go, what have I missed? So I think the only thing that this, the only explanation I can make for Forrest Gump for this song. I liked the song just fine. It's fine. Yeah. Weird. For its existence. Yes. I think the only premise is the idea of loving a man. Like it's this, and maybe he wants to have the love Ginny has. I don't know Forrest Gump that well. How, does Ginny love Forrest Not that really. much? Not really. She, she fucking <laughs> gives him AIDS. Well, okay. Well, that doesn't mean she doesn't love him. <laughs> did, uh, did she give him AIDS? What did he? Yeah. I was going to say, because she got AIDS after they fucked. Then right. They, then, he was, then they fucked again. Well, he was the run running yeah, all around. Because remember, so. he's got a kid at the end. Yeah, and he yeah, sends him off to he sends him on a school bus, and he goes, "I'll be right here when you get back." And you know, he was just sitting there all day long. <laughs> that face is just very sad. I, my thought was that is the only thing I can think of. What? I don't. Okay, uh, so that's that. So then I looked up the comments on YouTube for to, Forrest Gump. For Forrest Gump, and I was like, "Let's see what we got here." They were saying like, "This song made me cry. Play this at my wedding." one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. And I'm like, I liked it. It was a song <laughs> I, could, I don't want to skip. Yeah. But it was just, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. And I was very... It was wild to me too. It was very surprising. It could not exist on the album and I'd be just fine. Uh, and then we have End. Mm-hmm. Got the whole wide world in her juicy fruit slash in his pants. I got a good point here. So at the end, got the whole wide world in her Juicy Fruit, and then he says again, whole wide world in his pants. Obvious play on whole wide world in his hands. Yeah. And then got the whole wide world in a wedding band. Mm-hmm. Those, sir, are his three lives. Whoa! <laughs> yes! <laughs> he can get, he, so he, those are the three lives that he was talking about, hanging over his head like a steak knife. We gotta go to her Juicy Fruit in his pants or get married. So it's the temptation, the man, and stability. Oh my god. That makes me like that end way more. I love this end. Do you? Yes. Tell me more. I, lo- I like the rain backing and the storming. And we said, I wish you could see what I see. Mm-hmm. I feel like he needs a raincoat. <laughs> really, really needs I a don't, raincoat. I don't. No, really, really, really. And then I, I, I like <laughs> the, the feeling of coming home. And I was expecting him to bookend it with this PlayStation startup yeah. again, but... Yeah, but it was very much like the sound of the door unlocking, coming in, t- yep. tossing your keys down. I liked it. He, he was done. It, it was, was an end. end. It yeah. was an end. Well, if we went on a journey, yes, we came home. Yeah, or not, or you know, but <laughs> I feel like we should sell uh, ponchos with our logo. Oh yeah, <laughs> need a raincoat. <laughs> really, really, really need a raincoat. <laughs> Durrits. So approved. So you like the album? I hell yeah, I like the album. Absolutely, I like the album. Sweet. Nice. I'm glad you like. I actually wasn't confident that you were gonna like. Really? I don't know. I I guess I didn't think about the connection to David Bowie as much as I was just like, this is different from what I was giving you, and so I wasn't sure because I'm slowly learning your taste. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm slowly learning yours. Hi there, Editor Taylor here. I just wanted to take a second to step across the tracks and put on my producer hat. Uh, in the future, this segment will be covered by our sad boys Caleb and Jamie, but since we recorded in mass to start out, you get me today. I wanted to thank the Melker Project for the use of their arrangement Never Going Down Again. Check them out for more great arrangements. 
I also wanted to discuss our sponsors for today's episode. If you would like to sponsor an episode of The Other Side of the Tracks, hit us up at OtherSideOfTheTracksCast at gmail.com and we can set something up. If you'd like to assist us in keeping the lights on over at SadBoyHQ, you can do so with our Patreon at patreon.com backslash other side of the tracks. This particular episode had quite a few tangents. Jamie and Caleb went on, for instance, talking about Childish Gambino, Space Jam, and Dragon Ball Z. Those special clips are available specifically to our Patreon subscribers, so go check those and more out there. Your support means the absolute world to us. Our sponsors today are our very own sad boy, Caleb the Negro Artist Rainey, who has two books of poetry out, Look, Black Boy, and Heart Notes, as well as a spoken word album of his first book, Look, Black Boy. You can scope those out at thenegroartist.com and snag yourself some of his great work. Our other sponsor today is me, my podcast, The Tantalus Tales, a D&D real play. Have a listen, and thank you again for tuning in to episode 5 of The Other Side of the Tracks. Hello, my name is Taylor. I am the DM and lore master of The Tantalus Tales a real-play D&D podcast following the misadventures of three unlikely heroes across the universe. So, who wants to save the world? Am I getting paid for this? Uh, shut up, Bakar. Yes. Well, I'd say that if, if the world is gone, we probably won't get paid. Can I give it to my god? I, I mean, ideally, no. Alright, so are we just going to solve this in our usual method, you guys? So you guys try to sneak, and when you get caught, I kill them? More or less. Let's just drench the flagstones in blood like we normally do. Do we want to do help me? I'm okay with the quest that I'm currently on. I'm not here to save the world. The car, I swear to God, <laughs> any god, you're going to get it. Join us for more misadventures on The Tantalus Tales, wherever you find podcasts. Fuck, now you're in the lungs here. All right, next up we got Florence and the Machine. An album I am not familiar with, mm-hmm. I loved. You loved it? I loved it. How did you feel about it's it? It's a good album. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> so this is, I think this is the music that white women who are dressed up like Han Solo getting a pumpkin spice latte, I think that's what the, this is what they're listening to. Which makes me upset, because this album fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it make you upset that they listen to good music? I don't want to be grouped in with them. Oh, because like, there's something lesser about them? Are we learning into some women? <laughs> oh. No, the women you just described. Oh, well, I just don't want to be part of the crowd. Ah, I don't want to. Okay. I want to be individual. I don't want to be lumped in with, with, mm. with any. <laughs> so, a little bit about Florence and the Machine. I kind of just focused on the lead singer in terms of my research. Uh, her, Florence Leontine Mary Welch. Nice. Is the most English name I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, that's very. She was born in Camberville, London in 1986. And she was encouraged by her grandmother to pursue singing and performing. And several of the songs on the album were inspired by her grandmother. She studied music at Camberwell College of the Arts. Everything just sounds British. Yeah. Before dropping out and pursuing her career. She began performing with Isabella Summers, who was nicknamed The Machine. And they performed as Florence Robot and Isabella The Machine. Eventually got simplified down to... Florence Robot and Isabella the Machine? Yeah. Okay. Eventually the robot got dropped and just yeah. Florence and the Machine. 
they began to attract notice performing at live venues and would later sign to Island Records and release Lungs. Many songs on the album came from Welch's recently failed relationship. And at this point, I've come to the conclusion that all music is about failed relationships or unrequited love. Uh, it seems <laughs> like it's a really big theme. Right, right. That's where I, I think the key is that we feel our highest emotional peaks often through relationships. I, and art asks you, please capture your highest emotional peaks. That's or a, lowest lows. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a really good interpretation. I'm not sure I would have gotten there. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah, because the whole thing of art across the board is capturing that honest rawness. Yep. And I feel like it's the most easily tapped when you go to the places in which you are the most. Right. Yeah. Welch describes her music as something that was a wave of sound that would envelop something soaring, church-like, and then doom-like. Yeah. There's some doom. And I agree. Uh, the album saw six singles released and was met with critical praise and drew comparisons to Kate Bush and Fiona Apple. Have you ever Kate Bush? I don't know. Either one of those people. Fun fact about Kate Bush. Questlove is a real big fan of Kate Bush. He's got a video where he breaks down like his favorite song and why he loves it. But and Kate, Kate Bush is, I mean, sounds very similar to her, but it's, it was back in the 80s. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Im- okay. Imagine, are you familiar with Cyndi Lauper at all? No? Mm-mm. Trying to give you a touch point. I love that every time you do this, this is just making the list longer of people <laughs> that you should probably give me. You will get Cindy Lauper for sure. Okay, uh, and maybe Kate Bush, but it's such, it's so similar in sound. Right, I'm not sure we do it. Yeah, yes, yeah, so we start with "Dog Days Are Over," mm-hmm. which is I'm sure you've heard the song before. It's the, it's the one everyone's heard. I've heard it a million times. It's second favorite. This is second favorite. I'd say, I'd say it's probably my third after listening to that. I wonder if we're going to have the same favorite. Oh, no. My favorite is not on this. Oh, okay. Yeah. I lo- it starts with that hurried ukulele. Ding, mm-hmm. ding, 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 ding. Boy, what a, what a line to start an album with. Happy. Oh, why am I doing it? Why am I doing it? Because you have a lot of things to say. No. It's your album. Yeah, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I'm fucking up the format. I'm sorry. I was very excited to talk about it. It's, yeah. your, it's your go. Please. You're right. Please. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. Yes. I was gonna let you keep going. I was, yeah. gonna, I was like, I'm gonna see how long we go with this. <laughs> it was two notes in. <laughs> you were very excited. I was, and that's it. And I could tell because this is an album you don't know, right? Yes. So I know when it's an album you know, you're like, let me hear what Caleb's got to say about an album I already love. Yeah. I, okay. This I was. One, you're excited. You you unwrapped the present on Christmas Day. This is what the, you were like. Oh my god, this is happening. Um, I was coming at it at the same energy because I listened to two albums I've never listened to before. Yeah. I'm sorry. Please. <laughs> So yeah, we've heard it on the radio. This exists. This is it. I like this song. Um, I love the drums. I the oh. mm. first listen, I was like, oh, her voice is gorgeous. Like I, I remember loving this. I love the clapping. <laughs> um, I was here for the clapping. The way she says "brother" with like a like the, the uh, I, I can't. This I'm not a brother. Yes, thank you, thank you. I sound almost as good as her. Um. <clears throat> uh, and this song is about, like, you know, resisting and accepting happiness and change, right? Happiness hits her like a train. What a not positive way for happiness to hit you, right? Uh, which is interesting when we're talking about these peaks of highs and lows, right? Mm-hmm. This is a good thing, but it's kind of not, right? And then it's uh, leave all of your love and your longing behind. You can't carry it with you if you want to survive, right? <gasps> yeah. Oh, this is hitting. Oh, please, Jamie. Please. <laughs> Oh, God. I, I, I wrote, mm-hmm. I, I said I heard this song a million times, but I've never looked at the lyrics, and reading along with it made me cry. When I Whoa. listened to this, it made me cry. What you said, leave all your love and your long behind, can't carry it with you if you want to survive. 
this is a woman who has been hurt mm-hmm. and she is stealing herself. Yeah. She is armored up. No one's coming in. Mm. She's not going down this road again. Yeah. She's fucking leaving all of it behind for her survival. Yeah. Let's continue. No, that's, that's what okay. I, I know. I know you have, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I thought happiness hit her like a train on the track for the first line in a first song on your first album. Yep. Powerful shit. Mm-hmm. She's hiding from this love, and she rejects it. She has she switches it up. Happiness hit her in the back about someone who should have known better than that. Mm-hmm. There's there's theme of betrayal here, or yeah. or at least a role reversal, or some kind of unexpected twist where she mad. <laughs> She's really mad. I love that big drum sound and the twinkling oh, yeah. heart. I thought it was a great first song on the album, and I love that the outro called back to the intro. And just to be clear, I was like, "What are the dog days?" I wasn't sure because I, when I, whenever I heard it, I always thought she was saying that dark days are over. Oh no! But it's dog that would have made dog. more. Sense. It would have made more sense. Our dog like, days are just I, almost objectively. It makes more sense to say dark days are over. Maybe it's just the accent. Yeah, definitely. Because dog, dog days, days is just the hottest dog. days of summer. That's what it is. The hottest days of summer. Are well, over. the dog days of summer is a phrase. Yeah, so, that's what I've yeah. heard before. But what are dog days then? Because dog days of, of summer, summer means it could be there are dog days of winter then also. Then maybe maybe her love. So dog days is an interesting, interesting. Yeah, I don't know what to um, from that. I'm working hard as a dog. Uh, the hottest period of the year, uh, reckoned in antiquity oh, from the helical rising of Sirius, the dog star. Well, we got some constellation shit. Happening in that makes in sense for white people. Astrology. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that makes that's really <laughs> that's really on on brand. Then, uh, especially after who you described probably listens to this mm. album. All right, so then we're gonna move on to Rabbit Heart. Rise it up, raise it up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, raise it up. I can read. This is the first time that I'm like, that's a heart, right? Like, like that. Was, <laughs> I was like, at first, I was like, oh, really? Dog days, whatever. I was like, this is a heart. I'm listening to a heart. Um, so that happened. Uh, I was like, the piano slash the keyboard is like really working for me. First listen, I just wrote, this song is kind of creepy though. Vocals wise, like huh. lyrics wise, it's kind of creepy. Because I was like trying to catch it. I was like, this is creepy, right? Like creepy uh, things are happening. Uh, she's got um, a it, good creepy voice. Yes. she, The voice itself, yes. And then I was, this is about a ritual, right? Like that's mentioned. And I was oh, like, yeah. And I was like, the fuck? And that's the white people shit. That's why I chose it. <laughs> Uh, but there are things I did like. So I, I love the imagery of Midas as king and he holds me so tight yeah. and turns me to gold in the sunlight. I, I don't know. Something about having Midas hug you and like that be like that imagery really stunning to me. Yeah. It was like I could see it. I understood like the emotional implications of what was being said there. Well done. And then there's a, there's a change in, in Florence, right? There's uh, She starts as a rabbit hearted girl mm-hmm. and then later I must become a lion hearted girl. And I was like, oh. Okay, we're like coming into her, which I think a lot of the songs are like stepping into yourself or like mm-hmm. stepping into something. I was like, during my close listen, I realized because I was kind of creeped out by this song. But then I was like, why do I want to sing it, like raise it up along with them? Like with the background vocals, like I wanted to sing along, even though I'm like, I think this is a like this is not. Sa- yeah, it's a yeah. ritual sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes me uncomfortable. Uh, but I did love <laughs> how, how it ends with. Uh, this is a gift. Yes, and it's a raw vocal, non-accompanied moment. Just uh-huh. like oh, it's like the acceptance of the price, right? Because the whole thing is yes. like, is is this is a gift and it comes with a price or whatever, right? But this is just 
this is a gift. Like, it's still just, it's like accepting that. Oh, man. Well I, done. I took, I took that moment as, you know, turning gold into the sunlight as her kind of accepting her role as an artist yeah. or, or what she must do. It's kind of accepting the hug of Midas, right? Like accepting being gold. Yeah. yeah. Whew. So we start with the looking glass spinning out of time. Immediately, whenever, when anybody says looking glass, I'm like, oh, because we're doing Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. This is Alice in Wonderland. We're getting fucking weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're getting fucking weird. That's we're getting fucking weird. <laughs> I love, I love the weird shit. You got to know that about me. No, I've um, learned. I, <laughs> the line, who is the lamb and who is the knife? Let's mm. fucking go. Let's go. I'm here for that. Like you said, rabbit-hearted to lion-hearted, stealing herself, recovery, growth, giving herself over to being either all of herself or growing in some way. Yeah. So I took that. And the, the line, uh, when they're making, doing this sacrifice, when the waters turn from blue to red, I said, God damn, I love me some Viking lyrics like that. <laughs> that, that imagery is just, it, and the, her beautiful voice saying this dark shit. It's dark. Is, I love that. Ah. I love it. I love it. It's wild to me. I'm not calling you a liar. Mm-hmm. Is that a tambourine in the background? I think so. I think that was a tambourine. Yeah. And then I wrote, now that's harp. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure last time. Still. Very confident in that. The heavy rhythms in these songs fucking rock. Yes. And I was like, I, this is what I will call rock and roll. Like this is, and that's interesting. Because that's not what, the, like that's not what it is, but that's how I feel about it. This album is musically rich. At this point, I'm like hitting this like understanding of what I've got into. Yeah. Right? I'm like, oh yeah, this album. Is gonna be like this. Let it fall, let it fall, let it fall. Then the whole band cuts out. Mm. Hell yeah, with edging. Uh, mm. Oh, and then the the line, "I love you so much, I'm going to let you kill me." Yes. What a fitting follow up to the last song. I thought there's this interesting like ritual oh. thing happening to then, "I love you so much, I'm going to let you kill me," right? Because I need to fight against it or whatever. This is what you want for me to then. Like, I'm not sure that it was like necessarily a full progression as much as like. An interesting conversation to be had with, mm. between the two. Yeah. I get that. I get that. So that's what I had. We had the opening lines of not calling you a liar, just don't lie to me. I'm not calling you a thief, just don't steal from me. Are you familiar with the Andy Milanakis show? No. It's a very stupid show from the early 2000s where the theme song starts with, I got peas on my head, but don't call me a pea head. Bruce Lee's on my head, but don't call me a Lee head. And it made me think of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Light twinkling harps and strings, and there's those uh, those droning drums. I was yeah. here for it. The line, "I'm not calling you a ghost, just stop haunting me." Ooh. I think I have a distinct taste in which these might be my favorite drums that I've listened to in the albums that you've given me. And then following that up, I can the only other album I can think of where I was like, "I'm here for these drums." Uh huh. Counting Crows. Oversell. <laughs> Zeppelin's Zeppelin's drums were were rock drums. They weren't drums I liked as much. Does that make sense? And I could actually even recognize Zeppelin drums and be like, that was probably really good drumming. You like the drumming? No, no, no. I didn't like the drumming. I was like, that's probably good drumming. I'm not a drummer. I don't know anything about it. I was like, but they're probably doing really cool four sticks or whatever, right? Right. right like I can recognize they're probably really technically good. I like these drums. I like and I like. Too. Counting Crows drums. It's so um, funny because I can't conjure Counting Crows drums. I, and I can't, I can't tell you like a beat that they made. I can just remember going, like I wrote it as a note. I was like, oh, I like these drums. Like I liked it. And so I did it again in here. I was like, I, the drums 
bang drums, in this album. Oh my god, there's one specific one that we're gonna get to yep. where the drums are just on display in a way that oh my god. Yep. So um, more of uh, I'm not calling you a liar. Yeah, I got a couple more of the. I like the line. She's got a ghost in her lungs that speaks for her and uses her body. So this is kind of she doesn't feel in control or powerless mm. against this person or this entity or whatever she's got on her mind. And it was interesting that she says, I love you so much, I'm going to let you kill me. But she mm. only says, kill me once. Every time after, she says, I'm going to let you. And it, yeah. and it falls off. So that kind of speaks to maybe her, her having second thoughts. Mm-hmm. She says it. And she like, says well, it. Yeah. Let's see. Next we have Howl. Ooh. I was like, this literally starts the song with a snare drum roll. And I was like, okay. This is when I got like, I like these types of drums a lot. Like, is this a genre thing? And I'm like starting to try to figure out what my taste for white music is. Uh, <laughs> hey. I uh, love the strings in the background. Mm. Oh, I, uh, they are strings. I'm guessing. I don't, I don't know. That was because I started second guessing myself as I kept listening. I was sort of, this lady has a big voice. Yes. Like, this voice is just big. Oh, and it's cradling me. Yeah. I feel like it's cradling me. Even when it's saying something terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, Which kind of freaks me out. <laughs> uh, she, she could be a siren. Like, she could mm. lead me and I would just drown. Buddy. Yes, yeah, I would. Me yep, 100%. <laughs> that it, this is definitely Siren Rock. Siren, siren Rock. rock. Yeah. Okay. I think you just made that up. Did you not just make that up? You did just make that okay, up. Okay, Yeah, yeah. okay, good, good, good. <laughs> you you could have told me no, I would have believed like, you, Taylor. I, I needed him to know. I was like, si- don't put Siren Rock into Spotify. Hey, I'm going to Google that. I'm I mean, like, there's how probably, to, probably uh, is. a playlist yeah, of Siren Rock. So. I, bet, I bet if we Google Siren Rock, Florence and Fucking, I bet, I bet it'll pop up. <laughs> Siren Rock is floor through the machine. Let's see. Uh, oh, so this ending to this song, great. And I also just, it's like nice and abrupt. And that is one of my favorite things about this album is I love so many of the endings, ah. which is in, like a distinct new thing for me. And let's see. The, the song is about young people falling in love and how it becomes an animalistic, like, desperate thing. Yeah. Uh, careful of the curse that falls on young lovers. Starts so soft and sweet, then turns them into hunters, right? And there's, like, this, like, animalistic, this, it's visceral, like, it is a raw mm-hmm. song in a, in a different way of raw. Like, argh. Yes. I, I, this, that's what I got. <laughs> oh, I just growled because the word was howl. That makes sense. I love this song. I'd never heard the song before. I wrote a solo piano intro. The drums come in like a storm. Oh. And then the next thing I wrote was, God damn, I love this. <laughs> the, the entire first part. I mean, I couldn't pull out a single line mm. in this because I loved every word. I was like, you're not singing it? No. <laughs> uh, the one I did pull out, which could be any of them, you are the moon that breaks the night for which I howl. I just, yeah, beautiful imagery. And I wrote ravenous with love. Ravenous is a, that's the word I want. It felt like werewolf imagery, mm-hmm. big time. Some kind of lycanthrope that's, that's just <laughs> below vampire nerds and sonic nerds. Right, yeah, you're sounding really yeah. nerdy. And this, this <laughs> is big, big, big Kate Bush vibes massive okay with that synth in the background uh i don't know if you can recall the song specifically but that was just big 80s style couple okay. with her voice and yeah i just wrote i don't think there's a single line i did not love drag my teeth across your chest to taste your beating heart my fingers claw at your skin 
Saints can't help me now. The ropes have been unbound. I hunt for you with bloodied feet across the hollowed ground. Like, oh my god! It's so fucking visceral and badass. And she's singing it with this angelic voice. Mm -hmm. I am just... I, I was enraptured. At this point, I was like, okay, I, I, I fucking love Florence the Machine. There's no there's no way around it. Wow, so you're going to listen to more. I think I am. Yeah, I, this is what this sounds like. I love that. Kiss with a fist. Yeah! <laughs> Thank you for having the same feeling that I had there. Uh, which is, we both just kind of made a face at, at each other. Um, so this is about abuse, which is a, interesting because I guess you make the argument that it's not, but it just feels too much like it is for me. That I yeah. feel uncomfy. So, <laughs> like, I just, I just do. A kick in the teeth is good for some. A kiss with a fist is better than none. Whoa, a kiss with a fist is better than none. That is, that, that's a reoccurring line. I don't like that. Yeah, I, I disagree. Um, I, right, right. And so, um, I, that didn't land for me. I really wasn't, uh, which is funny because I was actually talking about this with, with someone, a, a white lady and she was like, this is one of my favorite songs on that album. Because she was like, pulled up the track list. And I was like, yikes. Name her. No. <laughs> but, but I, I, because it does not <laughs> land for me. Um, but I did write, I feel like only a white woman would sing this. Yeah. Because, because I mean, a black woman would sing respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then no man is going to sing about domestic abuse. They don't. Not that it doesn't exist. It right. just doesn't, it doesn't land. Yeah, I, 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 I was like, this is a pure demographic, which is why I thought it was funny that a white woman was like, I, I like that song. Because I, it just, that whole, all of my body and my morals and my mind is like, no, 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 like this, I, that's not yeah. okay. That's not okay. I want to talk to you about how that's not okay. I, I know you know that's not okay. I get that you might be capturing the problematic essence of, of this statement, but I just so don't sp- want it. To speak to that, I'm not a woman. But right. I have lived with women most of my adult life i think this is appealing to women as a power fantasy where it's you do this well i'll do that and you do this well i'm gonna do that and like i can take it i'm tough i'm big you're not gonna bring me down okay i don't like i it. think it, i agree with you <laughs> i agree with you I, I don't like it in this song but there's in this there's way. an element that's i think that's the appealing factor to them tweet me if i'm wrong you're right, and you might be, and I, which no one ever corrects people on Twitter. Oh, buddy! <laughs> By the time this comes out, this will be a n- not truth anymore. But Jamie doesn't understand how Twitter works. Oh, you say oh, words. No. <laughs> uh, By the time this comes out, it will still be an undeniable fact. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. Oh, I can't do, I can do Twitter. Um, did you? That is all I had. Okay. Is I am uncomfy with this song. I wrote, as soon as it came on, I go, ooh, she's tough. Those Welsh. <laughs> and I, I just want an Irish woman to yell it. Mm. There's something about that that's, there's something. Is that about, a king? Yeah, I wanted to be like. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. You can leave it. <laughs> your jokes are stupid and your hair is dumb. Uh, uh, Welcome to the other side of the chains. Uh... <laughs> I can do, I can do Irish. Okay, anyway. Um, so it sounded like White Stripes. This this song that that guitar it was very similar to to white the song the band White Stripes White Stripes nope nope yep. nope uh, you hit me once I hit you back you gave a kick I gave a slap yeah you broke a plate over my head so <laughs> I set fire to your bed yep is that a proportional response <laughs> is that a proportional response okay so as soon as we're at a plate being broken over yeah somebody's head situation's out of control. 
You think so? Situations. Oh, you've never heard of like knife play. Knife play? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the I don't face. Know the this. face. I don't want to know. Just I'm doing made. the math. I'm doing the math. You don't need to tell me anymore. <laughs> Do you see his face? Yeah. I, his face is as vanilla as God. His, God, his bless. God bless. God bless. <laughs> God bless. You all do whatever. I don't want anything sharp around me. Or my bits. I need it all. Um, <laughs> You're so funny. So I. I so I, right. So you know. Yeah, you can break some stuff. You, no, it is. It is. Uh, the burning of the bed yeah. seems a little it's excessive for Porsche. It's yeah. Excessive. So the song had really big rock and punk vibes. Very clearly about an abusive relationship, like we said. Very, very different sound than anything else on on the album. And this was their first single. This was their first. This was single? their first single. So could you imagine? This makes me upset. Buying an album, th- hoping for more songs like this, and then you get her being like. Aries in the northern sky! Like, or whatever the fuck she's going to sing about. Well, I mean, people buy Zeppelin 4. That's true. Uh, that's, I, I still don't get that one. That's all I really have. I want to move on from this song. Please. <laughs> um, so you're more comfortable with this song? <laughs> well, that was actually really funny, right? So the next song, Girl With One Eye. I was like, Girl With One Eye, right after singing about getting hit? Coincidence? Is <laughs> um, like what I was like, that was my first thought. And, and, and again, I am rocking my head, but this song is eerie. Yes. And I don't. And that that was a word that I used often. Eerie. Eerie. Okay. It's an eerie I mean, that's, sound. That's it's fairly a, fitting for yeah. Florence and Machine. Yeah. Which I, I, I doesn't mean I disliked it. It yeah, was just yeah, like, yeah. that's a new sound to be taking in often. This is a blues groove. Like, this mm-hmm. is, yeah, I'm here for that. You make me with like the vibrato I can't yeah, do it but I, I was like fucking yeah I love that um, the way I wrote it was really funny uh, so I can remember <laughs> what was happening I was like the climax of this song goes yes uh, I, and that's when I said this is rock and roll to me this is so funny uh, which you kind of, I don't know what rock and roll is obviously again disclaimer I'm not a music critic I don't know music really that much at all that isn't the music that I know right so it's just, uh, it's just in, I thought I, I I find it interesting that this is this is evoking rock and roll to you specifically. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I which I don't know why. I don't. I because uh, it also. If I had to put it, sorry, something about rock and roll makes me think of like movement and almost. Well, I was gonna say destruction, but that would be you know, uh, what I was say, kiss with a fist. Through this journey, I'm yes. I'm gonna figure out more about what I think rock and roll is and why. I love the final guitar strum. Like, damn, they, they know mm. how to end a song. Let's see. This is where we get that quote. Yeah. Get your filthy fingers out of my pie. Yep. So we're going to pin that for a second. Fingers in pie. Because what I got first, right, was my mind goes to American pie, cherry pie, to greed. That's where my mind went. To greed? Yeah, Americans are greedy. That's oh, a, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody taking any classes out of my pie. From right. Me. That reference specifically. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. So like that's somehow that's where my mind went, right? Is if you give me, you know, cherry pie, American pie, greed. Like, I don't know why that's how I got there. And I, it is in connection with get your filthy fingers out of my pie, right? Like pie, it's my American dream. It's mine, right? There's some, something happened there. Obviously that was a reach because then we got to, yeah. um, I slipped my hand under her skirt. I said, don't worry. It's not going to hurt. And so that is where we go. Yeah, and again, I am uncomfortable. Yes, this, yeah. So we got we got this lonely guitar, mm-hmm. and we've got the line, took a knife, cut out her eye, I took it home, watched it wither and die. 
the most upsetting part of that sentence, in my opinion, is that she took it home. <laughs> like, I can understand a passionate moment uh, giving a lot of leeway. I can see somebody cutting someone's, someone's eye out. That makes sense. And I'm like, oh, we should And then being like, oh, what have I done? Yeah. But like being like, and I'm taking it and I'm putting it on a shelf and I'm going to watch it wither and How's it doing today? I wrote, who wronged you? <laughs> and then when she said, uh, so we had, get your filthy fingers out of my pie. And I thought she could have been cutting the eye out of somebody's miss, like a, maybe her man was cheating on her. Okay. okay. I thought maybe, but then slipped my hand under her skirt and I wrote, no, I know what you're capable of. Like, yeah. you might have a knife. Leave, stop. No, 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 no. I like the big crunchy guitar and the drums come in and, and the, on the repeated made me cry. And I just wrote again, I'm not talking enough about her vocals because they're amazing. Right. And and I think that's very much, even when I am uncomfortable, I'm still happy that I'm listening to her. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, which is kind of, there's this power in that, uh, that we've got to acknowledge. Dang, that girl just sang. Good God. <laughs> uh, so I, I do not watch Friends at all, but I have posted enough Friends trivia to know bits and pieces. And I know that Joey doesn't share food. <laughs> Mm. Now I'm thinking, get your fingers, get out. your fingers out of my pie. That's how you get stabbed in the eye. <laughs> and I'm like, is that a bar, Taylor? Oh, ooh, <laughs> he dropped one. He's good for one per episode. Yeah, one, one per yeah. bar. Everyone gets one. Yeah. So this this was an interesting. I, I need to understand. You said I know what you're capable of, and I immediately went, I'm not sure. I do know what. She, like I'm concerned well, about what she is capable of. Because what is, I slipped my hand under her skirt and I said, don't worry, it's not going to hurt. That's, what is, what's happening I, there, I, right? That, that to me, and it's the same in the realm of abuse that ends with kiss with a fist, right? Like it's, we were in a place where I'm not sure I want to be. And she had a, the whole thing has a sinister tone. Yes. Like it's that, it's that well, slinky kind of smoky, jazzy. Well, and the question is, is she being herself? Which I don't think she is. And is she being a man? Is this rape? That's what I... Uh, sexual assault. It seems like... Maybe? Like it's sinister. There's like... Oh, I, and there's something about... Well, also, if I'm the one who takes your eye, uh-huh. right? There's this idea of I took a part of you. I took, uh, what? Innocence? What? And then I watched him her to die, and she sleeps with one eye now. Like she see, is, 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 there's a line about like sleeping with an eye open. Yeah, you know, right. Which is probably because she's scarred. Uh, okay, slip my hand under your skirt. Yeah, I, I said, don't worry, it's not gonna hurt. Oh, my reputation clouded with dirt. That's why you sleep with one eye open. But that's the price you pay. Okay, here's 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 my premise. Here's here, you want you ready Let's for it? Let's go. So, Lawrence the machine taking on being. I'm gonna say a man and not her. Right? Okay, a man rapes a woman, aka takes the eye. Goes home, watches it with her and die. There's some pride and weirdness to it, right? But she speaks to it, gets mud on his name, and now she has to sleep with one eye open because he is that person. He's dangerous. Okay. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I did not, 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 not an Oxcord choice. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That, I needed that relief thing. Yeah. Because no, that is very much. It was. A, a... Yep. So we'll move on. We've got drumming song which i think is a great name for a kid song <laughs> the first thing i wrote is i hate the name <laughs> that's a bad it's a name. bad name drumming song 
drumming song. Oh, drumming. Yeah, we're just going to be drumming, baby. Woohoo! Uh, delivers with a promises. That's sad. Uh, and I wrote, it makes sense that drums would be so prevalent uh, in this song, but this is my least favorite drumming of the album. So yes! Far. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> like, like, out of all of the drums that I've heard in this album that I've been like, yes, come to harder, uh, this is the least that. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that was my least favorite. I also wrote, they do this chanty, ritualistic shit a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that's some white people shit. That's I some, like, y'all culty, ritualistic, weird people. <laughs> we like we like a ritual. Right. Maybe that's why we like country line dancing. And structured dancing. You need structure. But you see <laughs> dark hooded figure being like, I'm a man left. And we're all like, ah, oh, yes, we shall. Yeah. <laughs> shuffle, shuffle. <laughs> I was like, there was even a crazy alien light beam sound effect after the chanting. I'm like, what is going on here? And so I was like, this, I think this song is about falling in love with someone and like the thrilling feeling. That's what I got there. Now, one thing I did want to say that was kind of interesting and, and exciting and again goes into this trope of I see white people music in the world is I could see this chorus in a movie. The protagonist finally walking across the room to kiss the love interest, right? Like, yeah. I could see that as like this, just the chorus, right? The louder than sirens, louder than bells, sweeter than heaven and hotter than hell. As I move my feet towards your body, I can hear this beat. It fills up my head and it gets louder and louder and it's like going, right? And it's building. Mm. And I can just see it just like this moment. He finally, you know, turns around and gonna walk across the room and do, I could see it. Mm. And, that, and that was cool. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. I, I said, when she says, I ran to the tower, I love lyrics like that. Where it's, it's like, what tower? Where? Oh, what land? Where are we going? Where, we, where will we be next? This what, explains... Uh, what mysterious tower to the secret hole? Yeah. I, I love, love that shit. This, yep. So when, when she was gone, when he was gone, he, he leaves ringing in her ears, this mm-hmm. drumming. Uh, it's time away from her lover. I love this line. As the water fills my mouth, it couldn't wash the echoes out. When she, Ooh, when, she dro- yeah. when she dives into the water and is still like trying to get clean, I think she's still kind of rejecting this love. Mm. So this drumming that she's hearing inside her head whenever he's around, she doesn't want it to be happening. Right. It's involuntary. And what she can control is like, I just want to get away from it, but she knows. But it's still there. She knows how she feels. She calls this song uh, Almighty, and we start with the heaven and hell. So we're, we're flirting with some, some rel- religiosity mm. here. Um, and then I wrote down some better titles. <laughs> Wash the Echoes Out. Ooh, that is a great title. Almighty Sound. Yep. And Louder. Louder would even be better. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's free, Florence. Yep. Feel free to just yell at me, though. <laughs> Will you sing sing to him in, in a, like, a mean way? He'd still be into it. I would. <laughs> 100%. Next, we have Between the Lungs. And I want to say, I feel like we are somewhat zooming through this, but I think part of it is because you can only say, this is so good. So So much. Right? Like, I think that's part of it, right? So we're like, we're hitting these songs and we're talking about, but I feel like part of it is because it's, you know, how often can we, we aren't music people and the fact that we can't tell you the syncopated rhythm that they use, blah, blah, blah. We can just be, that was good. Um, This sounds good. This is enjoyable and so i think i just like am coming to note with that i wrote tap that tambourine baby (laughs) (laughs) i was here for that uh i was tapping my foot to the drum Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah yes that slide up and pitch at the end of the elongated like lung that she was singing Mm -hmm. yes 
I love any time that she slides up with her voice. That picture eyes. she does it so well and so effortlessly. Yep, it feels yep. right. It just feels right. Uh, what is, there's another slide. Oh, in the first verse, uh, at the end of the lines, it was like, it was released, the breath that passed uh, from you to me. And like, mm-hmm. there's this like, oh, it's intense. But I, it's only, and it's just that line in that, in that verse. Mm-hmm. And this is the point where I came to the word ethereal. Yes! This is when I came to that word. 100%. I agree, 100%. So between two lungs, what's between two lungs? The heart. Oh! (laughs) Isn't it? Isn't it right here? Is it behind the lung? Where is the heart? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen the movie Where the Heart Is? No. Uh, The one with David Duchovny? Where he gets a monkey heart? No. (laughs) Oh no, it was a gorilla. It was a gorilla. (laughs) We've gone many places now. (laughs) That's no, ret- the, the heart's he- it's right oh, here. Oh yeah, you put your hand over your heart. I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I literally, I literally wrote the heart with an exclamation point because so of such confidence. What a dumb <laughs> dumb. Uh, trap between two lungs. Yeah, I, I kind of kept with this. I said the heart is kept from feeling due to her talent. Mm-hmm. Girls got lungs. I don't know what I was saying there. Well, she's got lungs. We uh, do know that for sure. Lungs issue. I mean, I, I, I it's no, pipes. it can't be. I'm any, not against it. Any coincidence that this album is called Lungs and she's this kind of singer. That's that's on purpose. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I like the line that she says, I keep repeating, we are all too young to die. It's like, yeah, we are all too young. <laughs> At what that. age we, is it okay to die? How dare you make that distinction? And mm. we, had, we had this, Jamie's getting old. <laughs> we had this happy, upbeat shift. Like, it's kind of been... Doomy gloomy a little bit. Um, yeah. And then we kind of had this shift with the air that slipped from your mouth to mine. This is the first time we see cracks in her armor. Oh, I when, hear you. when okay. something's coming in, it's 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 a gas. It's it's not it's something she can inhale. It's not something physical per se. Mm. It's getting in. Uh, and the shift in tone and lyrics is she is she getting happy? Her defenses have lowered. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Ethereal. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on to. Cosmic love. Hooey. Oh yeah, oh yeah, buddy. Lead this one. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, please. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, so the first image is super cool, which is falling star fell from your heart and landed in my eyes. I was like, oh, that's like a really cool idea. I screamed aloud as it tore through them, <laughs> yes, and now it's left me blind. And I was like, oh dark, oh dark. That's what uh, I love. That's what I love about this. That image is super cool, and I'm like really into. It wasn't plagiarism. I play with that metaphor more and make my own poem like i something about a, a falling star out of a heart into an eye that is so cool oh, um, yeah. i am very very into that image and then the bridge is like such a shift first we <sighs> cut the accompaniment besides the harp and we've got i took the stars from our eyes and then i made a map and knew that somehow Good i could shift. find my way back then i heard your heart beating you were in the darkness too so i stayed in the darkness oh. with you so this, uh, we're both in love in this Ooh. painfully bad way, right? Or like in this like blinding way, I should say. Maybe not pain, because there isn't a lot of pain. It is blinding. And then we're in the dark. We're in the dark, and this love, being in this love is a darkness. Not a bad thing, but yeah. in the dark. And it's cosmic. It's, I don't know. Yes, and I love the ending of this song. The harp is just going and going, and the final note from the piano. Is... Yeah. I, yeah. This is my fuck you if you don't like this song. Really? Yeah. yeah. This is your 
undeniable banger. This is my unden- this is my first undeniable banger. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it might come up for you, but it's fine. If it gotcha. Didn't. No, it didn't. I loved this song. I thought this song was fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, I liked where it started with the backwards music. It was kind of like a, a loop of like... <laughs> um, and then the harp against her vocals, this light drum. And mm. then those big drum hits that come in... Yes! And fucking Lost has the same drum from uh, Channel Orange. Oh, yes! Okay. Yep. Yes, give it to me. And I just got chills when I was listening to it. I said, I don't even know where to start with these lyrics. (laughs) And then I thought to myself, blinding may be a theme in this album. There's lots of, I'm taking the eye, I'm left blinded, and blind will come up several more times. Yes, there is something about losing some ability, a sense, specifically sight, but I think surrendering something or losing something of yourself is definitely a theme in this. Yeah. I kind of got the idea that I think her lover is depressed, but she kind of won't give up on him. Mm. With the line, star fell from your, you've lost something in your heart, right. and, and, and it's fallen on me. And it's it's hurting, and it's left me blind, but I'm not, oh, even though she, she's, he's lost something yeah. from her heart, she says, I can still feel your heartbeat. Tried to find the sound, but then it stopped. I was in the darkness, so darkness I became. So, like, even still in this moment when you're losing something, yeah. something yourself, if you're in the darkness, I'm in the darkness too. Like, I'm mm. gonna find you. I'm gonna find my map. Oh, I love this song. My God, her fucking voice. Yeah. I appreciated it for the first time that Florence has a good grip over day and night cycles. Of all the artists we've said, yeah. No dawn, no day. Where does that leave you? In Twilight. <laughs> I love the recurring drum hits and then when she comes in talking about listening to the sound of his heart we get like a heartbeat in the background that's different than the driving Mm -hmm. oh I was here and then the music dropping out and rushing back in I said are you fucking kidding me then then they they end the goddamn song with fireworks in the background the theatricalness of this song Mm. I wrote I want to see this live how has there been a Billy Joel musical and not a Florence and the Machine musical? <laughs> I want to see a Cirque du Soleil performance of this. of this, this whole album. Yeah, that would be this. This Hell hit, yeah. this hit for me. That hit for you. Is this so? Would you call this an Oxford choice then? One hundred percent. I'm sorry that we had to demote it. So for those that don't know, we're, we were playing with this idea of an undeniable banger, right? Yeah. And uh, the rule here is when we find a song that we just think you have to, everyone has to, fuck you if you don't like this song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the rule for us is if we determine something as an undeniable banger, <clears throat> we'll put it on a playlist specifically for, for, for that. But uh, the way it works, the rules are that we both have to write it down as an undeniable banger before we need to talk about it. Um, and so that one didn't make it. But, you know, it's still an Oxford choice. It definitely is. <laughs> All right. Next we have uh, My Boy Builds Coffins. Yeah. yeah. There's a face there. There's a yeah. face there. I said, I don't think I'm supposed to like this song as much as I do. What? Yes. Please. <laughs> um, I was bopping my head. I don't know why. Uh, music, I, I do know why. Musically, all of these songs are solid, right? There's not any, none of them are musically inept in any way. I think I like the premise. Like, I like the we all die. Uh, I don't, that's like okay. morbid, I guess. But I love, so first 
verse, right? It's my boy builds coffins for the rich and the poor, kings and queens. They've all knocked on his doors. Beggars and liars, gypsies and thieves, they all come to him, right? There's this idea that literally everyone's coming to this person who builds coffins. Everyone's going to die. Uh, and then the chorus is he's made one for himself, one for me too. One of these days he'll make one for you. I don't know why I love that. But I love the idea. I don't know. There's something about accepting one's morta- uh, mortality okay. that I'm like here for. Yeah, I liked this song more than I probably should have. I think that's a hot take. Yeah, um, I, I didn't like this song. You didn't like it? Like no. actively? Yeah, I was like, this is very much about building coffins. It is very much so. And it's even like, and he fits the parts together in a certain nice way. Oh, that's not how the song goes. <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> uh, so like a sea shanty. Yeah, that's secrets. when he just made it. Build me a coffin, boy, build me a coffin. Uh, yeah, I just said it's very much about building coffins, grappling with mortality. And then the only other thing I thought of, if it's not about coffins, what could the coffins represent? But then I was like, nah, it's about coffins. <laughs> it is very much about coffins. It's, it's mortality. Like Ikea furniture. Yes. <laughs> I, it is It is very much about coffins. And that's straightforward to me, and I liked it. I yeah. that's, that's that. Uh, next we have Hurricane Drunk. I like this song. <laughs> which it feels like me you saying I like the rapping uh, <laughs> the repeating heart rhythm is really working for me I was like this sounds like a radio hit to me. something about it felt yeah. like it could be on the radio this is a song about a breakup bracing yourself for seeing your ex that you're obviously Ooh. not over with someone else which I think that whole premise sounds like a radio song Okay. Uh, tell me you're not going to sing along on the radio it's something like that mm-hmm. well, I see you with your next girl or whatever like, <laughs> I don't know what voice that was or what song I was I love singing but, uh, she has also mentioned uh, that she struggled with uh, addiction to alcohol and depression, so that could also be a yeah, factor. That would yeah. definitely make sense when she says, "Sorry, no, go ahead." I mean, she literally has the line like, "I'm refrain, like I'm gonna drink myself to death." It was like it was a knowing, yep, very much a knowing action. Uh, I like the storm and the rain imagery, and I liked she taking ownership of the storm being herself mm. and how she can't keep herself away from her. Mm. The Counting Crows moment. Yeah. Um, keep myself away from myself. Something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the line, I've never felt so alive and so dead, I thought was evocative, which reminded me, this whole song felt a lot like Sia's Chandelier. Yeah. Okay. Have you, do you know that song? I think so. It's one of those things that you listen to and you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. But then you read the, the lyrics and, like, and oh. it is desperately sad. Have you ever read the lyrics to no. Chandelier? Buddy, Look that up, I will. and it, it, it is a song that can make you cry. Like it is heartbreaking. Oh it's a heartbreaking song. Like her, her cries are not like it's not. Yeah. I'm having a great time tonight. It's like their cries for help. It's upsetting. Holy moly! It's a great song. All right, Same you're gonna way. get here. You're gonna get Sia at some point. Ooh, okay. It's a black and white album. Oh yeah. <laughs> she, she's got a. Was it, she's, oh, she's gotcha. A I was like, I don't get that. <laughs> she's a weird. No, I understand. That's all I got. All right. Uh, the next here we're we're moving to blinding. There's that theme. <laughs> you right, right on the nose or the eye. Uh, <laughs> this song. Okay, so I'm listening to this song on Spotify, and it already has a heart by it. So I guess I've heard this song before. Ah. Couldn't tell you when. Couldn't tell you that I remembered it at all. But I, I thought that was noteworthy. I was like, oh, I guess I like this song already. It's got an eerie start. Uh, I love the harp entrance. Uh, I love how this song builds. We love a song that builds. Even though it's like, yeah, yeah. There's a reference to crows. 
But, yes, I was so happy when I heard that. Do you think that Florence like Counting Crows? Do you think they're, like, I don't into each other? Or? Probably not. No? Wow, haters. I mean, they, they probably... But the drum. Um, <laughs> they probably, like, tacitly aware of Counting Crows, but I can't say they probably had any much, much influence wow. on them. No, I, no, I wasn't... Yeah. Th- I was wondering, like, if they'd be buddies. <laughs> no, I don't think so. They'd be, they'd be trying to outbummer each other. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Let's see. I think this is, you know, talking about the pain of breaking up and the look yourself in the mirror moment of like, no more dreaming like a girl so in love, so in love. I was like, oh, that is, that was the look yourself. No. And those whispers. Then a giant inhale to end the song. Fucking wild. Yeah. Yeah. Is this, is this your, it sounds like this was your favorite. I can't remember my this favorite. This is your favorite? Would, is, would you call this an Oxcorch? You've hit, you've hit everything I was going to say, really. I mean, I've got a few line notes. Like, would you put this on as an Oxcorch choice? If it's your favorite, is this something you could feel confident plugging in and blasting? Mm. Like, it's it's basic, but I think Dog Days is, is more of an Oxcorch choice. Like, that's okay. a thing that you would put on with a group of people. You've got the ox. Someone hands it to you. That, I think, makes more sense. I don't know. Do you think you could put you think you could put Dog Days on knowing like what the content is now? Because I, th- th- some I songs get yeah. ruined for me like that. Yeah. I, I, I could have just passed with listening to them and like, ah, and then if you play it and then also someone else does know and they're like, oh, you've heard it's, this song. Yeah. And today, right now, this is not the time. That's a good point. It's like when you were uh, BSDing This Is America. I've never done that. <laughs> Never done that. Sure. Move mm-hmm. on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would say Binding's probably my Oxcore choice. Okay. Next, we've got You've Got the Love. You've Got the Love. <laughs> uh, which is a song I knew uh, somehow. Uh, <laughs> this this uh, is actually a sequel to the uh, You've Got the Touch. Ooh, I love that song. <laughs> and you know I love that song. Have you ever seen Transformers the movie in 1981 animated film, the last film that featured Orson Welles? I knew very little of what you just said there. <laughs> Everything there was dated for uh, you and for Caleb to not know what the fuck you were talking about. Dude, it, that movie is out of so control. what, 1981? Yeah, I think it's 81. Before I was born, you named a person I don't know, and I've only watched the new versions of Transformers. Okay. So... That movie is absolutely insane. It's an, it was the animated movie of... Was it 81? That seems too early. Anyway, at a certain point, there's a battle scene between you know these two robots, and Weird Al Yankovic's Dare to be Stupid comes on. Yep. It, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. 86. 86. I thought that, I thought that was still before my time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how did the fuck did we get there? I, I don't know. I made a stupid joke and got you on the oh, okay. again. Uh, so yeah, so you've, uh, you've got the love. This harp runs. We love it. And I, to me, I, I, I really didn't have a lot. I was like, this is just a good song. It's, uh, it's it, yeah, this is a big radio song. Yeah. Simple. It's not really simple because you can hear her fucking voice. I, I liked that it's clear that by this time she's come around. Yeah. We started with, there is a, yep. happiness hit me like a train on a track. Leave all your love behind to survive. And now she's saying, you've got the love. And you've got the love that I need to see me through. Yeah. That's where she ends it. So she's she's landed in a in a good place, or at least a hopeful place. Yeah. And 
Well, I would say what's really cool about the album is like there there is a little bit more of that that arc there. But even in song, she still mirrors that bit of an mm-hmm. arc, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she kind of brings it home. So that's lungs. That is the you know non deluxe version for those who are wondering, right? right? Like we we don't do deluxe versions often. Um, We're always gonna do the shorter ones. Yeah, shorter ones. we are almost we are, for the sake of time, really. Yeah, um, talk long enough. Yeah, we do, we do. So that was Lungs uh, by Florence and the Machine, uh, and you listen to Channel Orange. Now the question is, oh, does Frank Ocean come to branch? Oh, okay. And okay. does Florence and the Machine come to uh, the cookout? I think Frank Ocean is definitely coming to brunch. I think for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. there. He, yeah, I think he would, I don't think anybody would even think twice. I, I feel like, I feel like he's the kind of guy who would show up uh, at, at a brunch with, with like a, like really nice suit. Oh yeah. Like, he would look he, good. He would look really good. Yeah. And he would, he, he wouldn't give a shit. He would bring his boyfriend if he's got a boyfriend yep. that, that week or month or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't give a shit. He would maybe even have some crack rock on him. <laughs> Freaks don't want to sleep with Cracky. He wouldn't have any Cracky. He on. wouldn't. He wouldn't. He had that whole PSA in the middle of Channel Orange right. against it. <laughs> no, I think, yeah. Yeah. Approach would be great. I I don't think Florence is coming to the cookout. No? Uh, too many rituals? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, where you were worried about Fleetwood Mac being a little too witchy, like, yeah. this is a different witchy, and I don't think it works. I think, I, I was anticipating this, because I think she's a little too confrontational. Yeah, and and I feel like she'd want to be like I'm the tough girl, and everyone would <laughs> and every, beat her ass. Not beat her ass, <laughs> but would just be, give her one of these, like a look up and down, and be like, like "Who do you think you are?" Like dismissive. Yeah, she's like, "No, come on, I want to, I want a rib. I want. What is this? What is it, Mickey Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want a rib. <laughs> it's a real weird Irish Mickey Mouse. <laughs> That's so strange. So I don't think she's gonna make it. No, but which album is? I know. Better. I know. So here's the difficult thing for me. Mm-hmm. Every time, it, it, every time it's been a choice, what, what always wins out for me is is honesty. And I'm like, how much did the artist risk? Mm. How much did they bring themselves to this work? And I feel like both of them did that in a in a really raw way. Mm. But I think the impact on the culture overall, I gotta give it to Channel Orange. It was riskier, and it was more personal, and it it, it it took. I think it took more of of him as an artist to make than it did for Florence and the Machine. Now, mm. which one I'm going to be listening to more <laughs> is going to be Florence and the Machine. Oh, and now we unpack the whole favorite versus right. best conversation, which we won't have because that'll maybe be a, a Patreon thing because um, it's just an argument we can have for an hour. I like I from from your description there. I I do side with you there. I do think you're right because I'm I'm tempted to say Florence and the Machine was more musically rich, but I don't even think that's true. Yeah, what it is is it's it's a different type, right? Like we've got more elect- electronic sounds. We've got more things kind of happening that aren't happening in Florence uh, in lungs. And the same thing there. There's a harp in lungs. There is absolutely no harp in Channel Orange. And you checked profusely. <laughs> I sure did. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about. A five-star French restaurant and first a five-star Italian restaurant. That is what we're talking. Like so, it just comes down to yeah. I'm, I'm, so then, yeah, who's who's taking the risk? Who's pioneering? How are they changing the game? And I would say Channel Orange. I'm giving Channel Orange. Channel Orange gets it. 
I love them both, honestly. Yeah. But there's one I'm going to be listening to more. There's I, I had more of a response, but Channel Orange. Mm. Did you decide on which album you're going to give me? Oh my gosh, yes, I did. So I'm thinking I'm going to give you Dangerously in Love okay, by Beyonce. Are you upset that I didn't immediately know that it was? <laughs> I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. Dangerously in Love mm-hmm. by Beyonce. Yes. And I, for the people who are listening who are going to be upset, one, our Twitter's not up quite yet as we're recording this, and I wanted to ask you, the people, uh, what, what, which Beyonce album I should pick because it's so hard because Beyonce is a fucking icon. So what I ended up doing is I picked the one that had the most sales. That okay. Is, and, and is obviously, because it, it's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad album. So I picked the one that is probably going to be the most known because it is the most bought, the most loved. Not maybe the most loved, but that's kind of it. Uh, that is why I picked it. It's not even the most critically acclaimed one, but Ooh. it is the most sold one. So there's an interesting thing there. This was a tough choice for me, okay. uh, which, which Beyonce album to give you, but that's the one I went with. Whatever I give you is going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fine. That's how much you know fine. that, yeah. We have a light, like, it's a very The light. better doesn't matter nearly as much. No really doesn't. Uh, but I'm going to give you Plans by Death Cab for Cutie. What? Plans <laughs> by Death Cab for Cutie? Yes. Taylor gave me the biggest eye roll. I've never heard of that ever. So I, I chose this one because I, I, I'm trying to get as many different, I'm trying to get lots of different sounds. Okay. Um, And this is a very much like mid-2000s indie rock. Kind of. Indie, okay. indie okay. Wimp, wimpy rock. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. All right. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Concerned? Definite soft boy rock. Yes. <laughs> but but I, I chose that. But I'm a soft we've boy. learned. Caleb's a soft, Caleb's a soft boy. I'm a soft boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a soft boy. All right. Well, we've got our, our albums for next week. So, um, soft boy versus Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be... This is like... I like, wondered if we should have waited, and I was like, "No, I gotta, I can't keep going and not give you Beyonce." This is like Piccolo going up against. You don't know, and I'm upset. No, no, fucking flounder. The Come grandpa, on. the grandpa who found Goku. Oh, one of the best martial artists that taught Goku. No, I'm just kidding. You mean, you mean <laughs> Gohan? No, I mean the old man with the glasses yeah, who named Gohan, and then he names his son Gohan after his grandfather. Oh this is this is fuck. This is fucking nerdy. You know that, right? <laughs> I've read them all. Like I, you've read them all. Yeah. Wow. I really love DBZ. All right. Anyway, so do I need to go? Do I need to delve? Well, I mean, do, I have copies. You I mean, do, do do you love DBZ or do you love Dragon Ball? Well, are see, we gonna get into? that? Yeah. Okay. Because we can't have that conversation. DBZ is the second series, right? And I do like DBZ. <laughs> Way more than Dragon Ball. And then we also have Super, and we have to talk about that and what that looks like. And oh, then we have to talk about GT. We don't talk about GT. GT's not canon, and we established that. That's fine, but it's still a fun man. Don't talk about GT. All right, we don't talk about Dragon Ball GT. You don't want to step into the Grand Tour? Get the fuck Grand out of Tour? GT, dude. GT is fucking ridiculous. What the fuck is going on in GT? Silly. Rid- just spit in the face of Dragon Ball Z. We found the space jam. We gem. found the space jam. That face, I feel okay. exactly how okay. you feel. Patreon idea. Space Jam versus Dragon Ball GT. <laughs> who, who, who would watch what? <laughs> you, oh. Ooh. Uh. Oh, I'm so, writing it down. Mm. Get in the comments. 
Okay, well, we got we got we got to wrap this up. I'm sure this yes, is a sadly long episode. <laughs> so uh, th- thank you. Those for are listening. a lot of bloopers that have existed yeah. in this one. So thank you for listening to the other side of the tracks. My name is Jamie Driscoll. You can uh, contact me on Instagram at Choppy Chug Chug or find us on Twitter at Other Tracks. Other side oh. tracks. Oh Take five at Other Side Tracks. <laughs> You can find us on Twitter at Other Side Tracks, and we definitely want you guys to reach out, start interacting with us, tell us some albums we need to do, some albums we definitely don't need to do. Uh, really, anything and everything you're feeling about the show, uh, don't be shy at Other Side. Why can't I fucking say it? At the Other Side, side track. track. No, Other, other side. side Track. Not the God! <laughs> at Other Side Tracks on Twitter. At Other Side Tracks. Mm hmm. At Other Side Tracks is the name of our Twitter handle. Yeah. Can you tell that Jamie doesn't use Twitter? At Other Side Tracks. So, uh, also, yeah, let us know. Um, Also, if we say something about a song that you absolutely love or we miss something, Mm -hmm. because there are times where we go, we don't get it. And if you get it, tell us. Please, inform us. We would love to know. Also, I'm Caleb, the New York Artist Rainy. You can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook as the underscore Negro Artist. And this has been The Other Side of the Tracks. Thanks for listening. Um, See you next time. Bye, everybody. That's it. Fantastic. (laughs) How long was that?